today on the program. If my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. It's Back to the Future! Welcome to the Rewatch Party. I'm your host, Nick. Joining me, as always, are the gigawatts to my flux capacitor, Los and Brandon. My calculations are correct. Ah! When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. You got to play the exact quote. Show me up right <laughs> out of the gate, huh? Oh, you know, and also I wanted to make a comment when we get to that part in the movie. Yeah? About that serious shit. About the serious shit? Mm. I'll talk about that I serious mean, think shit. about 1985, especially if you're a 17-year-old kid. What you see right after that comment is some serious shit. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. So today, obviously, we are talking about Back to the Future, 1985. Directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, written by said Zemeckis. And also this man named Bob Gale. Now, Zemeckis did all these, all these here Back to the Future movies, but he also did a little thing like Forrest Friggin' Gump. Uh, really? the, the Castaways, he did uh, the Castaways. I don't know why I pluralize that. There was only the one. The He's one. only cast away once. Um, he did those CGI Christmas things like Polar Express and uh, oh. that, that Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey, but yet it was CGI somehow. Remember that thing? Um, he also did Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which... Really? Yeah. Oh, man. So, I mean, Zemeckis did a lot of good shit. We, obviously, uh, everybody's familiar with Zemeckis. So, then I was like, who the fuck is this Bob Gale guy? Who's the other half of this coin? Bob Gale. Bob Gale. So, I looked him up. Who is he? Uh, he co-wrote all three of these, as well as... Back to the Future video games, as well as... Back to the Future short films, as well as basically all he's done is milk the fucking future teat as long as he fucking could, and that's really all he's ever done. The good for him, man. I mean, yeah, he's probably like a college roommate of Zemeckis, and they were working on these together, and uh, he's like, I did, yeah, I, I helped come up with the idea. I don't know how to actually make movies because Zemeckis also directed, so he's able to have a continuing career and. Gail's like, I'm good. This has bought me a house. Anytime I need a new car, I just help, air quotes, co-write a video game based around this or something. And, uh, I mean, yeah. He's just, he's got his meal ticket for the rest of his life, on I feel. A, on a side note, that that video game, I've played it before. You it, have? It's really cool. It continues on after. After three? Yeah. And it gives so you more story. So after they fly line. off in a train. Yeah. Well, after Doc flies out on the train, it goes so to... So you're Marty. You're, you're, yeah, you play as Marty. Jeez, uh, he goes around and does things, and there's... you know Much the, like Marty does, yeah. The, that um, that harp, harp sound that... Yeah. It happens with the chimes. That happens a lot. Does Doc come, ever come back? Uh, yeah. Throughout the game? You, do you, he, how he, often do you run Biff dude, into a it, truckload of shit? It's exactly as if... <laughs> It's exact exactly as if uh, it's a movie. So it starts off like okay, uh, it ends 
the doc flies off and then Marty gets back to whatever life and then fucking doc comes back immediately. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just like the, just like the movies. And he's all of a sudden back to, Oh, we're going to need oh, you. Girl, Marty, Marty, you gotta, you gotta understand. We got to get you back on the train. We got to get you. Great Scott. Marty. There it is, man. I cannot wait to hear how our Christopher Lloyd impressions are going <laughs> to go during Marty. this episode. Uh, so, what was the adventure overall? Like, what was the storyline for this game? Uh, it, I'm trying to remember, but there, there was, was a oh, suggested geez. fourth movie, and I wonder if that ended up being the video game. Is what I'm curious about, but I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, uh, no I wish I could remember. <laughs> right? It's split up it was, into five episodes. This oh game. Oh my god! Yeah, and jeez, uh, it's great. Oh jeez! Oh jeez! Oh jeez, Rick! Uh, it's been six months since Marty McFly witnessed Dr. Emmett Brown disappear in unknown time. The bank has begun foreclosing on Doc's home. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about his home. That home is impossible. <laughs> well, no. He had a family fortune. Uh, I, I, he would have to. Well, yeah, because he, he does. He to. says, like, I've spent, uh, Marty, I've spent my entire family fortune on this, Marty. Marty. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. All right. We'll get to we'll get to what that house actually is. But anyways, so, yeah. The video um, game is, is cool. I'm gonna and I'm looking I, for it. What to was buy. it on? Was it a computer? It's was I it a PC I game? played it on the PC, but it looks like it was on all the fucking platforms. Can I get this for my Super Nintendo? Uh, so <laughs> maybe, no. not. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's a computer Seems a game. Bit advanced for Super Nintendo. A little bit. Huh? Yeah. Hey, like, on another get, note, you get Yoshi uh, and Star Fox. Hey, That's man. about as far as you get is Star Fox. <laughs> Did they make that an Atari man? <laughs> <laughs> I got my joystick at the ready. All right. So what are you saying, Brandon? Sorry. Oh, uh, the music uh, is composed by Alan Sil- Silvestri. He also uh, Sylvester, composed Silvestri. Sil- right. He also did uh, the Avengers, the one that we just ah, did. He's, he had that theme. Yeah, he's actually. I think he's done all of them just by scrolling through the his uh, his credits. He's it's done quite a bit, but he's also done. Well, he did. He's done Polar Express. He's done huh. Predator. He's done Predators. Forrest Gump. Uh, That's right. He did do that Forrest Gump. That nice. Pretty little piano thing where you see the feather float around. Mm-hmm. Boop, boop, yep, boop, that was him. Mystery Science Theater. He has credit for music. Uh, Aven- yeah, all of this. Mr. Robot. No, I'm just giving you background music. The Last Man on Earth. America's or Britain's Got Talent. Lego Marvels. Lego he's, Marvels. Yeah, he's gonna be all right. Uh, yeah, I'm he's sure been he's, working. Don't worry about Alan Silvestri. Uh, but back to Bob Gale, one last thing to mention. He has his only one and only acting credit. The only time he's been in front of the camera and not too busy behind the camera milking the Back to the Future cow teat. <laughs> nothing it, wrong with a little reach around. That Nothing wrong with a little reach around. But his one time in front of the camera was as a prison guard in the film Bronson. Which now that we are in the bees is coming soon. I cannot fucking wait. Bronson is such a good fucking movie, and I'm Charles so, Bronson. It it's based on a British prisoner who renamed himself after Charles Bronson. Yes, his name was Michael. I can't remember his original last name right now. Ian Vincent. He yeah sure. Michael Vincent. Michael Ian. Vincent. Uh, he was in prison. He he uh, knocked over a convenience store basically. For like twenty something dollars, and got thrown in jail, but just kept fighting everybody, and due to that, got put in longer. Then he started beating up guards, and he ended up in solid. And he spent his entire life in maximum security prison. He's like Britain's most dangerous prisoner. Mm. 
and it's all because he knocked over a corner store. It's a ba- it's a he's he's a real real person. True story. Uh, Tom Hardy. It's a fucking awesome movie, and we'll get there. So Bob Gale's in that. Anyway, so Back to the Future. Yeah, where were we? Back to the movie. Back to the movie. We start off with that Universal. We got the Universal logo. That's Love right. that fucking logo. Got so much of my childhood around that <laughs> Universal logo. Uh, we open up on all these clocks. All these fucking clocks. It's a little foreshadowing going on with Probably. the clocks. Probably. I mean, surely time's going to be involved in this movie. We you just think so. We've got cat clocks. We've got alarm clocks. We've got cuckoo clocks. Gosh, we've got digital clocks even. Every kind of clocks. Just clock city. Uh, but they're what all the s- clock? They're all set. <laughs> what the clock? <laughs> they're all set to six to eight. Mm-hmm. Six to eight. As we scroll along, we see a newspaper clip uh, framed, oddly enough, on the wall. It says the Brown Mansion has, was destroyed. So his family, well, we don't know, obviously. We, none at, of us have ever time. seen this before. So we don't know what that means, but... Somebody's mansion was was burned down. Uh, the TV kicks on suddenly. Uh, we get a news report of a plutonium theft. Hmm. And then they the said it, it turned out to be a, a, a clerical error. It says it right at the end of that. At, oh, during the news report? Yeah. She says there was a clerical yeah, error? Yeah, it was uh, it believed to be stolen, but it was to be found that it was just so a, it's clerical. a clerical error. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so nobody's got, looking for it, you know. So well, yeah, they, we we just we we we're not all right. Okay, I didn't catch that part. I just was like, oh yeah, plutonium. Noted. Uh, we got a lot of a little gags here. So he's not really doing the full on Roop Goldberg machine things that we oh, get yeah, a lot the, of these a lot of these zany scientist movies from the eighties where you have to have all the crazy. But he does have his inventions, uh, like the the coffee makers. Doing as well, I guess you can set a timer on a coffee maker. That's not as any invention, but there's no pot in it, so it's just spewing sludge down to nothing, like onto the base of it, because there's no pot underneath. So it's just like starts spitting it out, and there's nothing there, and so it's like running off onto the floor. We got the toaster that spits out this burnt, burnt to shit toast. toast, and then sucks it back in and spits it out, and sucks just over and over and over because it's going haywire. The the Ar- robot arm comes out and opens up the dog food and dumps it into a bowl that's overflowing with shitty dog food anyway. A whole bunch of stuff. It's like, what is what is this person's life? What is even going on here? It's a madman. Uh, so we get... Mar- well, we don't get Marty. We get Marty's feet coming in. Enter Marty's feet. Enter Marty's feet. Uh, so this is Michael J. Fox, where we get our star of the movie. Uh, famously, I don't know if you guys are aware, but uh, famously, he almost wasn't in it. Right. We they, talked they about filmed, this on the. I think we talked about this on the, on the rewatch, haven't we? Have we brought up before how it was Eric Stoltz at first? Oh, yeah, for so. three, I think we three said or about, four months. We saw. We, I think it was talking. We were talking about the mask somehow, and then I was like, "Oh no, the other mask." The know, other the, the mask. And then you're all <laughs> like, Eric "Actually, Stoltz he was actually going to be." Oh back. yeah, yeah. That's how the. That's probably how we got into it. Probably so. Probably so. So Eric Stoltz, who really, I guess, for casual movie watchers who haven't seen Cher's 1984 <laughs> mask movie, I'm a person. <laughs> no, that was. Elephant Man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but well done. 
uh, Anthony Hopkins. That actually, that role actually got him Hannibal Lecter. I'm not an anime. No, Eric Stoltz would be known as the guy in Pulp Fiction. He's like, my, my, my book, my little, my fucking medical book, my little black oh. fucking medical book. That's Eric Stoltz. Oh. He was also the pedo rapist dad in Butterfly Effect, if anybody's really seen Butterfly Effect, but. Um, is so that he, is that in the rewatch? No, God, a fucking absolutely, that is not in the rewatch. Why not? It's supposed to be like a head trippy. Oh movie. yeah, that's the problem. Is it supposed to be? It trips you out, man. <laughs> that movie is like some fucking people sitting around doing cocaine, being like, "Dude, I you know what really fucking freak everybody out, man." You got to get that in the rewatch. Man. No, it's not. Yeah, why I don't not? want. I don't, I don't want to own it. I have no desire to. Own that movie. I but I know saying we've gone through a Braxis and here I yeah. am. Saying, Listen, it's okay. the best movie you've ever seen. Stop. Stop right now. Apologize. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Abraxas rules. That's why it's in the Thank you for the apology. So Eric Stoltz has filmed three months. And uh according to the studio, they felt he just wasn't right. That was mm. their excuse for getting rid of him. Apparently he was also way too rough with Biff uh, in the scene where they got physical. They he kept like actually <laughs> Giving him some, a little too much Hitting juice in there. So there how how a, much of the movie so. did he do? Or I, complete? I, I mean, I don't know how fast they were filming. So I mean, well, three, three months, months into that's filming, a, that's that's, solid that's chunk a bit of the movie. I would and imagine it, that sucks. So they're like, listen, they, they you always, gotta go. <laughs> yeah. They like, always wanted Michael J. Fox, but he was too busy with family ties. Mm. Yeah, but. The, the show, not with like his actual family. Right, right, right. Yeah, oh. yes, the show. But the, the, <laughs> the, the, the sister, who was actually supposed to be the the main kind of thing of the show, because he was the younger brother, she, the actress, was pregnant, so she was like very minimal on the show at that uh. point. So Michael J. Fox was carrying the burden. So she was able to come back, and they were able to drop him back down to secondary character and free him up to then film this, which is why a lot of this is filmed at night. And the daytime scenes had to be filmed on Sundays <laughs> because <laughs> he was still doing family ties at the same time as filming this movie. But he was able to come in. And Eric Stoltz also famously, well, air quote famously, but he wanted to be a method actor. He wasn't or never <laughs> will be, but he wanted to be. So he refused to answer to anything but Marty. So <laughs> when Christopher Lloyd was informed that they were replacing Eric. Marty! Who the hell is Eric? He, the actor playing. Oh, I thought his name was actually Marty. Was a just a great coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, so we have to refilm everything. Great Scott! I don't know that he actually said that, but he actually had no idea who the fuck Eric. No, he can't pull that out yet. Uh, so anyway, Christopher Lloyd had no idea who the fuck Eric even was because he obviously <laughs> thought he was Marty the whole time. But refilming, refilming those three months added. Three million dollars to the budget in God. 1985 money, even three million dollars. That's, that's like Tree Fitty. Uh, yeah, and now like dollars. Monster? And now dollars. Like 350 million? Sure, why not? Yeah. I was going to go <laughs> three million. That equals 3.5 trillion bazillion. Like, I don't know what the inflation from the 80s is, but it's bad. Uh, anyway, so Marty McFly, Michael J. Fox. Here we are. Uh, he kicks a skateboard. Right, by he the sets way, his backpack down, kicks the skateboard over, and oh yes, by the way, by the way, this is all set to the power of love. Oh, this is the power of love. Yeah, and uh, here let's play a a clip. You're gonna play a little clip. All right, here he goes. 
and it, you know, it's on there, and it talks about how this is like a song featuring the power of love by Huey Lewis. That's right. You like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> yeah, I do actually have a note. I wonder if Patrick Bateman was a fan of this. Maybe it was one of the videotapes he always had to return. Yes. <laughs> because of the amount of Huey Lewis in the news. Sabrina, don't movie. just stare at it. Eat it. <laughs> Eat that plutonium. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, he puts... No, the, the, I wanted to point that out because this is the weirdest sort of theme song for this. Like In the 80s, you had like... Danger Zone for Top Gun, and sure, they, was like they're always really relevant kick-ass. somehow. In Eye fact, of the Tiger, Eye of the Tiger for Rocky, for, for Rocky. Fucking, yeah, you're the best for Karate Kid. Fucking Ghostbusters for Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, I should. Goddamn, I should have been like, what movie was that for? <laughs> I mean, does the Flux Capacitor like work? Like the powered power by love? love? <laughs> they should have put that in, like at the end. Spoiler alert. When Listen, the car, everybody. The car isn't starting. He just has to look at Doc Brown, and you see his eyes start to flutter. Boom! Power of Love start playing. That would have been awesome. Well, it's powered by the song but Power also, of Love. Also, Huey wrote a song for this movie called Back, Back in to the, Time. Yeah. Back in Time. And that barely and gets played. it doesn't show up until the fucking credits. <laughs> that should be the fucking that song. That should have been. It's just the one that deals with the point of the fucking movie. <laughs> God damn it. I had the time of my life. <laughs> Dirty dancing. Well, could be this movie too. Yeah. Ah. The time of my life. And I never wanted to fuck my mother before. Yes, I swear. But now I do. It's so true. All right, that's gross. All right. Is hey, that what Dirty Dancing's about? There's No, Dirty Dancing's <laughs> about abortion. Oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Just so... Here's the thing. Like, you know you're getting older when you watch those movies. Like, when you're a kid and you watch Dirty Dancing, oh, there's this girl, she falls in love with Patrick Swayze, and he's so dreamy, and then they finally do the dance at the end, and it gets a lift, and then you watch it as a grown-up, and you're like, this poor dad just wanted a fucking vacation. He just wanted to take his family and relax at this resort, get away, and no, now his fucking daughter gets tied up with this guy. She has, like, he has to go fucking... <laughs> Deal with this woman who had a botched abortion and has to save her life. Like this poor fucking doctor just wants a weekend off. Does, does the doctor give her the abortion? Does she get? No, the- no, no. She gets one, but it goes wrong, and they're like, "Oh my god, something's wrong with her!" And he has to come in and like fix her, stop up. the bleeding, and try to save her from hemorrhaging out. And, and stuff. she doesn't die. No, she does not die. He he does his job well. Oh, okay. Even though, could you imagine that like ending? Dante and clerks. I'm not even supposed to. Be here today. <laughs> yeah, I can see that doctor so, just be like, listen here, stop yelling at me. I'm I not even supposed to be here. Clock. I didn't even bring my beeper. I am not working. <laughs> All right. I don't care. I'm going fishing. I don't even care. And yet we have I'm power of love. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I'm just saying that movie is a lot different when you watch it grown up. You you relate to this father a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> so like, anyway, he is, kicks a skateboard. <laughs> is it in the is it in the rewatch? No, it is it is definitely not. I've never watched Dirty Dancing. It's it's I been mean, parodied so much that I'm sure I've seen like every scene. Probably, and you're fine. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. She carries a watermelon, learns to dance. They fall in love at the end. <laughs> there you go. That's it. Nick sums it up. And Swayze's like you know a cool guy. He's that- like begging the girl. 
And then this awkward girl, Jennifer Grey, the sister from Ferris Bueller's, tries to get in with the cool kids, but she's too nerdy to get in with the cool kids. But then he helps her learn how to dance. But then throughout it, they fall in love. Boom. At one point, he kicks a post out of the ground to break open a car window because he left his keys inside. It's uh, it's super romantic. Well, that was our episode of Dirty, Dirty Dancing. Dancing. And uh, we'll see you guys Somehow next time. Somehow ended up on the D's and the All B's. Right. Yep. The D and the B. D and the B. So for the fourth time, he a kicks mispl- a skateboard a mis- out of the way. A misplaced, B, a a misplaced, misplaced D in the, the B. B. <laughs> Playing at oh, the ACL. That is dirty dancing, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> That's some real dirty dancing. Gross. All right. The yeah. skateboard? Skateboard. He fucking drops his backpack on top of the skateboard and kicks it out of the way. And the reason I keep bringing this up is because it rolls over and it hits a yellow box marked plutonium. Oh, that's what the plutonium they're talking yeah. about. Yeah. A little bit of a setup there. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. So then he plugs Ooh. in this. Uh, you see, like, he plugs in. He Or doesn't plug in yet. No, he does not. He, he flips every he goddamn turns switch. turns everything on and cranks the overdrive all the way up to 10. Gets everything ratcheted all the fucking way up. And then plugs the guitar in, which the, is the absolutely small. the wrong way to do it. And then, yeah, the shittiest 80s guitar. That fucking thing. Like... You know, lap steel guitars are usually pretty small because you lay them down on your lap and you only worry about the neck. You don't need a body. You don't need resonance. You don't need any of that. They are even bigger than this little fucking thing. Like, this is hardly big enough to pick, have a pickup and a plug-in on it. It's the stupidest little fucking thing I've ever seen. But fake as shit, calling bullshit, pull a, pull a clip on Come this. Come on, man. Because come on, man. Come on, man. We don't, we don't on, no, man. no, do you have just the just yeah, the, just come the on, one. man. Just come on, man. Come, sure. But I'm sorry, if you've got everything amped up and overdrive cranked, and then you plug into the guitar, pop. Like it's gonna be the loudest fucking noise. Well, to be fair <laughs> to be fair, he does plug it in and then once he gets that all going, oh, then he comes in. in and then turns the rest of them on. There's like a few, There's a few more to turn. So he probably had those are probably standby switches. And he, I would them fucking off. hope so because as a guitar player, I was pretty fucking pissed off about the order of operations here. Yeah. Anyway, so, so he come does on, it. Come and on then, to then you. he stands in front of the speaker that is bigger than anybody's living room has ever been. This speaker is comical it's, in size, yeah. like it almost looks CGI'd. It's so huge, and he stands directly in front of it as if it were a mirror looking into it and then hits the big old heavy E chord and blows himself across the room. He did have eye protection though. Thank God he had, but no ear protection. So he had the wrong forms of PPE. He was also using a, job. a pick that had a metal tip to he it, did. That's which right. made it louder so that he blew back. If you used a regular nylon, also a terrible idea. Everybody, I'm sure that was a thing in the 80s, but a metal tip on the pick, that's not good for your strings. Metal tip on the... Oh. Metal, uh, the metal tip's not good. Nobody likes a metal tip. Never metal your tip? Never, never. Yep. I, I don't like the sound of it, and it feels weird, too, when you play it. Well, There's no gift to it. It's hard on your strings, man. It's just yeah. fucking shit up. Yep, just fucking shit up. Fucking, fucking shit, shit up. up. Well, speaking of fucking shit up, he fucking... He fucks it up. He fucks he, some shit up. He goes up. flying clear across the room, land like... Slams into a bookshelf that falls over. Should have uh, killed yeah. him. Should have definitely uh, killed him. Deafened him, at least. Uh, yeah, so I have this note, because the speaker is blown. It's, like, torn wide open. You see the innards of it. It's, it's like, it looks like fucking people came running out of it during Double Dare, a Nickelodeon show yeah. or something, <laughs> where they tear through the paper. Um, and then Doc calls 
And he answers the phone. So Doc calls his own house to get a hold of Marty because he knew he would be there at 8 o'clock in the fucking morning. Yeah. For some reason. But he's, how he's in testing the him. fuck could he hear the phone ring? How is he able to hear and have a conversation on the phone <laughs> after something like that? No. He should have been deafened. No. No, like we would, we need the ringing, like the 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 thing they do in movies after an explosion, where the sound is and you just have that ringing, and it's just, yeah, we need that going on. No, he's just like Doc. What? Yeah, yeah, I'm at your house. What's going on? Hey, Doc. Okay, take it easy there, fucking Ryder McFly. Yeah. So. Anyway, all of the clocks start going off at the same time. And Doc's like, oh, perfect. My experiment worked. They're all exactly 25 minutes late. First off, what the fuck? You just set them all at the same time, period. Like, you just set clocks at the same time. That's not an experiment. That's being obsessive and stupid. Well, no, because I think he did something with time travel. Potentially, I guess, but they never explain it. He's just like, yeah, they're all 25 minutes fast or slow. Mm-hmm. G- great. W- yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no follow-up to it. But no, at all. So you're just like, so you just set your clocks wrong. <laughs> you set like a hundred clocks wrong. What kind of experience? That's just s- stupid. But then he's like, wait a minute, Doc, are you, are you telling me it's 825? <laughs> I'm late for school. Oh, no. So then power And he starts grabbing fucking bumpers and tailgates. and Super dangerous. Hitchhiking on a skateboard all the way to school. Yeah. So, yeah, he's pulling off the trick that probably got more than a few kids killed in the 80s. I'm just saying. Dude, you get into a cop car at one time? At one point, he grabs onto the back of a cop car, yes. But I'm sure some people died trying this. I would imagine. But so uh, this is where I wonder if if Patrick Bateman liked this movie. I I think he may have liked it. Because we're like not even 10 minutes in and we've had Huey Lewis twice. And we know how much Patrick Bateman loved Huey Lewis in the news. So this might have been, honestly, this might have been one of the videotapes. Yeah, it works for me. So he gets to the school and his girlfriend, Jennifer, who's played by Claudia Wells in this movie, and only this one, because Elizabeth Shue takes over in the other two. Um, she sneaks him in the back to Ooh. avoid the principal. Yes. Not, not like that, but in the back of the school to avoid the principal, because if he gets caught again, that's going to be like his fourth tardy and something, something, right? Like Fourth tardy in a row. So... Uh, they they're coming in the, the the back hallway and he just comes around a corner and it catches him anyway. And this actor is James Tolkien, the bald Yeah. Strickland bald, Strickland. And I mean I I just remember this fucking guy. Fucking from I don't I how much do you from, watch this as a little kid? Like this man stands out to me as this hard ass print. Like it's such a fucking iconic character, I feel like. Just definitely can play uh, a principal in any Anything he's gonna and be I in. thought he typecast. Was, yeah, I, I, I thought he was the same, but uh, Teen Wolf had a different principle. But uh, yeah, I just always well, see this guy as uh, he because he was in Top Gun, and it's the same and it's the exact same character. Yeah, character. it's this what this guy plays. He's good right, at that's it. A, that, that's all. That's his one thing. And Mark. he doesn't age. Well, no. When what year was well, Top well, Gun? You're already bald. Fair enough. 
Well, you were Top Gun. Like 89? I, I don't know. I'm So I guess, yeah. I, we, we definitely have one listener who is obsessed with Top Gun. Oh, so yeah. So they, they can write in and tell us. <laughs> but I think it had to be around this, like mid-80s. Yeah. This is 85. So, yeah, he wouldn't have aged at all because it's, you know, right around the same time. But, yeah, just fucking always stood out to me. Like, I always see this guy fucking pointing his finger at people. Uh, got a real what? attitude problem with why you're a slacker. Slacker. You remind me of your father when he went here. He was a slacker, too. Because he's a slacker, and then when, he, when they go back in time and his dad's in high school, he calls him a slacker, and he's still <laughs> bald yeah. 30 years <laughs> yeah. ago. Like, was he, did he ever have hair? Was that the joke? Did he ever have hair? Yeah, did he ever? So he goes to the, the auditions, right? Uh, they got to try out to be the band for uh, <laughs> the school dance. Was it the school and dance then, or was it the talent show? School I, dance. I thought it was oh. the school dance. You're, you're auditioning to be in the school dance. So they, they're playing Power of Love. So now the third time <laughs> we have had this song, and the movie hasn't even really really started yet, but of course it's a little bit rendition because Michael J. Fox has to fucking Steve Vai solo all he over He did it. Steve Vai solo. It's just it. immediate. There's, there's no like setup. There's no intro. There's no verse. Just straight into whammy bars and crazy shit. And of course... Right there, they're cut off by Huey Lewis himself. Making oh, that, a cameo. Really? That was him? That was actually oh, Huey Lewis that. cutting them off. You're, you're just too darn loud. You like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huey Lewis? Hey, but that Huey scene, Lewis doesn't like Huey Lewis in the news, apparently. That scene made me wonder, because when you look at all the other bands that were around waiting to audition, it's like, yeah. well, do you think they're going to be just as loud? I think there was like a goth-looking metal band or something. When you look at them, it's like, like yeah. they're not going to be as loud. Maybe I... <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> like that'll be that quiet really, metal. Yeah, that like relaxing. Like doom, doom, doom. I want to be a minority, not gonna be conformity. I want to be. I mean, that sounds like high school dance to like me, right like there. The, like Depeche Mode. Shit. I think that's a South Park joke where they all just stand there and kind of dance yeah. awkwardly. I won't be Bob a conformist. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Uh, so here's a weird fucking thing. They're they're now walking, and it really cuts from school. Also, was this audition during school? Like, did they get out of class to go do this audition? It had to be after after school. Like, we just missed the whole school day. But they're walking. All of a sudden, they're in, like, Town Square. They're nowhere near the school. They're just in Town Square walking along. And he's like, ah, we failed the audition, blah, blah. And she's like, dude, it, it's fine. It's- he's, like, ready to quit, too. He's like, man, yeah, I, just, she- I, I just don't... I- I don't get it. You know, maybe I don't got it. Jeez. I mean, I'm just not cut out for it, Jennifer. And she's, and she's like, no, no, don't take it so hard. Whatever. She's being supportive. She's being loving. And he just straight up <laughs> looks at these two these two girls walk yeah. the other direction. And he doesn't even try to hide it. He's not being subtle. Follows he, like, them. <laughs> even turns around to look at their asses as they walk by. And she's just like, ah. are you fucking serious? The 80s were a different time, I guess. And then they're also standing in front of the theater. Did you see what was on the marquee? Uh, orgy. Orgy American style. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was the movie playing on the theater behind him? As he's fucking checking out, I was just like, what? Girlfriend was that, did they... Would stand th- for this. Was that written in there? Was that planned for that to say on the marquee in the background? Yeah, because it's again at the end when he gets back to 1985 at the end of the movie. It's back on the marquee. Right. This is how you know. I know I'm back in the 80s because we got to work this. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so 
yeah, he he also sees this truck, like the four by four truck. I'm like, oh jeez, I really want a four by four. Oh jeez, I really like that. Rick. I don't know. I feel like I'm sounding too much like Morty all the time, but yeah, it'll be what it'll be. I I I I just I really So anyway, this lady ends up running up to him. Talking about the talk, the clock tower. Mm-hmm. We need to raise money for the clock tower. And as you know, back in 1955, lightning struck and ruined the clock tower. And we haven't even fixed it yet. God, we got to fix it. Here's Save a flight. the clock tower. Save the clock tower. There we go. Yes. So he gives her a nickel or something. He's like, yeah. here's a nickel. He's like, oh, thank you. And he's so excited. Here's a flyer. And here's a flyer. And, and Jennifer ends up. Right, because she's going to her grandmother's for the weekend. Right, your grandma's number on it. And so grandmother's number with, I love you. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, her dad pulls up, she has to hop in. So then he gets home, he skateboards home, he lives in Lion Estates, and you turn down the road with the, like, the big stone, it's not a gate, they're just, like, big stone decorations on either side, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily a gateway, but I guess kind of a gateway. Gateless gateway. Yeah. <laughs> an entryway yeah. to the estates, I guess. And he gets to his house, and there's a tow truck dropping his dad's car off. And he's like, oh, that was the car that I was going to use to take Jennifer away for the week. I mean, go camping with the we guys. We were going to go park. Because <laughs> I can't tell my mom that I'm going to go somewhere with you. I don't think she's... She's never even had sex or something like... He has some joke about how much of a prude his mom was. Yeah, she's like a prude. She's like basically a nun or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she's like a nun. But she just fucking just straight drinking and chain smoking the whole time. <laughs> like when we get to the dinner scene in a little bit, she's just straight. I mean, she has her glass, but it's just straight out of that vodka bottle. Just straight out of it. <laughs> yeah. She hates her life so much. Definitely not a nun. But so he gets in, he gets inside, and and Biff is there, Thomas Elf F. Wilson. I almost said Elf, but Thomas Elf Wills, yelling at his dad, who's played by the great Crispin Glover. Fucking Crispin Glover. Love Crispin Glover. Crispin. Yeah, that's Crispin. his first name? Glover. Crispin. Yeah. Crispin. Crispin. Yeah. Uh, Crispin. How would you like your? Uh, <laughs> how would you like your noodles? A bit Crispin, please. Crispin. Crispin noodles, please. Uh, how do you? Yeah. How do you like it? I like them to be Crispin. Um, he also we'll 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 talk about it in the in the second Back to the Future, but. They used his likeness without his permission for the second movie, and that and that lawsuit ended up creating a clause of how you can't use an actor's likeness and blah 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 blah. Ended up being a change in the course of of movies quite a bit because of Crispin Glover. Also, he famously, I like to use that a lot, but he was a guest on the David Letterman show. And at one point, because Letterman doesn't like to get close to people, he doesn't like to touch people. So, like, he reached over and, like, tousled David Letterman's hair, did something, they cut to commercial, and when they came back, he was gone. Oh, shit. Fucking kicked out. (laughs) Absolutely removed from the show, Crispin Glover. Fuck you. Uh, So, anyway, Thomas Elf Wilson, Biff, is like, I can't believe you lent me your car without telling me there's a blind spot. I could have been killed. Well, now, Biff, uh, I've never noticed that blind spot when when I drive the car. (laughs) So obvious. I mean, obviously, we're not we're not even pussyfooting around. The wreck was Biff's fault, and he's not accepting fault. He's gonna do anything to project it onto George because George is a pushover. And he's, George is. We're getting bitch. a feel for that. Yes, and how Biff is the alpha. Biff, Dev, and 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 George isn't even beta. He's 
Delta. He's fucking, I don't know how far down you can go. He's Zeta almost. He's way at the bottom. And for some uh, reason, they work at the same company. Yeah. And Biff is his superior. He's like, you know what would happen? Or I, did you write wrong? Do you realize what would happen if yeah. I handed my reports in your handwriting? That's right. I'd get fired. You don't want that. Well, no, Biff, I guess. I have to have time to rewrite them in my own handwriting, which also comes back. Um, so he's always, 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 always dumping every bit of blame on George, no matter what. Total fucking, he's just a sleaze. He's a, he's a complete asshole. Say hi to your mom for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sleazy so at guy one point, right there. George somehow finds the testicular fortitude to ask, is your insurance going to pay for this? Oh, yeah. My insurance? It's your car. Your insurance should pay for it. I, I could have been... Or, I have your car towed all the way to your house, and all you got for no, me is... No, no, no. Damn, damn it. That's Sorry. Too, that, he goes, your insurance should pay for this. In fact, I want to know who's going to pay for this, and points at his shirt. I spilled beer when that car hit me. <laughs> so he was drinking and driving and got hit by another car, and somehow this is all George McFly's fault. This is how extreme... This power dynamic is. Yes. Then he goes to the fridge. Yeah. And opens it and says, hey, "I have your car towed all the way to your house, and all you got for me is light beer." Speaking and pulls of which, a Miller Light out, which is what we are drinking. If you can grab me another one. Too. And uh, also, just as another uh, way of Biff always finding ways to demean, if you look in the door of the fridge, there are Bud Heavy cans. So he does have full flavored beer in the fridge, Biff intentionally goes for the light beer so that he can drink his peck down. No, just another way to peck down a George. Yeah. I think anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. There there is an alternative and he, he does that on purpose. So yeah, then, um, so yeah, as he's, as he's leaving the house. Yeah. He looks at Marty. Who's just staring at him like, God damn it. I hate you. And I want to fucking punch you in the balls so hard. And he's, what are you looking at? Butthead. And then that's say say hi to your mother for me. I love that one too. <laughs> I would say, say hi that. to your mother for me. I'd so Biff that. leaves. Say hi to your mom for me. And so they're sitting around dinner, and George disgustingly, I God, it just makes me wretch every time I see it. Just straight out of a fucking box, pours <laughs> chunks of peanut brittle into a bowl and just starts eating it. Like why? Why Sounds would you good. get generic fucking peanut brittle? I don't know. And he's just like, yeah, hey, offer it to people. And they're believably going, no, I don't want any of that. Yes, we do have that laugh coming up. So. you going to keep laughing. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he is laughing at the TV. And I wanted to bring up, actually, his stuttering laugh. And I wrote it out as, uh, 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 So then we get Lorraine, the wonderful Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson does such a great job in this movie. She comes in with this cake. She's like, well, I guess we're going to have to eat this cake ourselves because Uncle Joey missed out on parole again and just drops this cake on the table. Perfectly, like, throws it at the table and it (laughs) went in between. And it's a sheet cake with a fucking bird flying out of jail and it says, welcome back, Uncle Joey. Like, pretty fucked up. Honestly, if you think about it, like, this guy's getting out of prison and they welcome with the fucking jailbird cake? Like... Well, like, uh... That's kind of... We're gonna have to eat this cake by ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. 
And she's she's got her well, drink Well, no, you think it, it's like you're free as a bird now. You yeah. Know? Like, here you right. go. Yeah, but if you just got out of prison, do you the first thing you want your family to greet you with is, <laughs> prison, let's make a joke about it. <laughs> I know how... Um, it's very, like, George blue laugh. family. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I just thought the cake was pretty fucking funny. That seems like something my family would do. But, so... She she just she's what is at one point she's like we all make mistakes in life children and just glares at George <laughs> like, and then and goes and get no stop <laughs> and she gets the vodka bottle and fucking fills up her glass again yeah, she pours I, it she, she at least puts it, it into a glass mm. like so she's not drinking straight out of the bottle in front of her children but it's not even a mixed it's only drink. one step removed There's, from the bottle yeah, it's like a, there are some ice cubes in there. So you're sort you're churching it up a little bit, but you are just fucking chugging straight vodka for dinner because we all make mistakes in life, don't we? <laughs> the, and the makeup is pretty good. I was right. I wanted she to mention like how aged. how Biff like looks like you know he looks like he was a forty year old like right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And I like also how all of them look older now and then younger and then different older at the end, and they they. It's all fair, believable. It's, I mean, especially by 80s standards, but it holds up really well. And how they're able to make it different, like when his parents have the happy life at the end, they look older, but they are look healthy they and look happy healthier, older. Yeah. And Biff looks like a fucking slob with thinning hair and whatever. But it, like they, they, it, they did a really, really good job with it. Um, good the old actors practical. look like, like you know, look now like they did when they tried to make them look older. Is anybody Ooh, I don't know. that just to kind of see funny. how they look now? Because if they uh, aged into their, um, was it the second one where they have to come to 2015? Yeah, like, and they're all even older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just curious. I don't know. It's something to look into. We should. Listeners, if you well, know. I guess we'll know by Sunday, next Sunday, when Hopefully. we do too. Yeah. So anyway, uh, mom is bitching because the sisters like Jennifer called. I just. Girls shouldn't ever call a boy. When I was your age, I never called a boy or chased a boy or sat in a parked car with a boy. Bullshit! Mm. As we will find out, but... You're spoiling it. 1955, Lorraine, was a lady I would like to know. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot I wrote this last night. She was a cig-smoking dickhound on the prowl for the meat. Shit. Right. That's a... <laughs> oh, no. Thank you. Sig smoking dig hand. Um, so <clears throat> she finally tells the story of how she met George. Uh, we all know, Mom, you're at the fish under the sea. No, it's no, the, the enchantment under the sea, Dan. Right, right. And you're, yeah, and Dad punched some guy. Uh, and that's why he kissed me the, for the first time, and I knew that I would spend the rest of my life. And it's weird how just a minute ago he was the mistake. That she made in her life, but now she's telling the story and she's all like, <sighs> again. Um, but yeah, we, and then grandpa hit him with the car because he was bird watching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess there's a bird called a titmouse. So he, he was, was looking for those titmouses. Blue footed booby. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I like that better. Watching them blue footed boobies. So you felt sorry for him. You agreed to go to the enchantment under the sea dance. And, oh, that was the night of that terrible thunderstorm. We're going to fucking set up that. We're going to set up a story we're, right we now. Gotta, we got to set up the end of a movie right now. So 
It was the dance and the kiss and the thunderstorm. Do you remember George? And George just goes, because he's too busy watching Jackie Gleason. What, Lorraine? What? Nothing, George. So, uh, Marty, oh, at the very beginning, when Doc called Marty at his own house, he said, you have to meet me at like 116. Meet me at 115? At, at the Twin Pines, I think it was Twin Pines Mall. So the alarm goes off, and Marty skateboards over to Twin. Twin. Well, first of all, the way, Twin Pines the way this guy s- sleeps, where he's got his he sort oh, of yeah, yeah. ass up with his he- ass right up arm and behind like his back. Hand, like pinned behind and just like, you're... It's really weird. Like, you have to be incredibly fucking blackout drunk and just happen to fall over and pass out in that position. Like, you don't lay down like that. Yeah, nobody sober does that. suspenders. Are you kidding me? That's right. I thought that was odd. But he yeah. got up. And he gets up, doesn't have to any drool or anything. Like, he sleeps open mouth. Buddy, you weren't sleeping, were you? Yeah, you weren't. No, no, no. 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 I don't care. Yeah, of course, it, Marty. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Oh, I was. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, Marty, meet me at Twin Pines Mall. So I have to meet Twin, definitely Twin. I have to make sure you notice that it's Twin. Twin. Twin Pines. Twin, twin Pines. And it was at 116 so, he arrives there. And uh, we well, see, he had to go get the video camera. That's he had why to he go called. by his house and get mm-hmm. the video camera, and then gets to the mall. We see uh, there's Doc's van, uh, and then Einstein's hanging out, just hanging out there, and then the back door of this fucking truck truck van i don't know opens and all this fog rolls out like where the fuck is all this fog coming from so i i don't know the fucking delorean runs on dry ice or something i don't know what the fuck all this it's probably coolant just he's just leaking that much coolant or well, what you know it's intentional i think he really has a flair for the dramatics, so he set up a bunch of <laughs> fog machines. Yeah, dude, why not? <laughs> like a fucking scorpion stage show. <laughs> this is where he says he used his whole family fortune. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, as soon as the back door opens, all this fog rolls out, and these lasers start shooting out. It wasn't my idea. It was my grandpa's idea. And you hear... <laughs> the winds of change, scorpion song. Never mind. All right. Swing and a miss. Yeah, that's all right. There'll be a lot of misses. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. A little assist right there. You just keep going so, with it. I should have. I should have just kept going. Uh, so this DeLorean backs out. And the this movie made DeLoreans a thing. If it was not for this movie, these things wouldn't have even been a blip on the audio auto well, industry. It, yeah, it it had a, a small impact. Very short, short term, I think. <laughs> But yeah, if it not, if it were not for the movie. Because of the movie, people are like, oh my God, DeLoreans. And they're like, oh my God, these cars are piles are terrible. of shit. <laughs> these are fucking disgusting cars. I would be better hooking a fucking battery up to a Hot Wheel and cruising that down the street because these cars are trash. <laughs> well, there's controversy with DeLorean, the man, uh, the billionaire or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. There was a documentary on there, but there was... I don't know. There's I think some it scandal assumed behind it. Probably that laundering. You think he, he was using that. this... Auto industry, that was like his money laundering, so that's why he didn't actually put any thought, concern, or money into the autos, because it was just something for him to put money through? I don't know. Sort of like Walter White's car wash? You know what? I didn't actually watch it. I watched the trailer. It's the one with Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin plays... Uh, DeLorean? Yeah. He plays De- 
the titular DeLorean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Does he turn into one? A DeLorean? <laughs> yeah. No. He, he His ears become the doors. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but it was always too heavy, and it was... It's all yeah, stainless. it would never start, which they make a big thing out of throughout this movie, but mm-hmm. they, they didn't run well. I wonder why they didn't sell so much afterwards. Yeah. Like, well, they, they even then put out a, a pack that you could buy to make your DeLorean look like the car with all the, the, <laughs> the weird vent fin kind of things off the back and the random assortment of sciency looking shit tubes and whatever that sits at the back of the car. I don't know if you got a flux capacitor and the time circuit display how far the pack went, but you could buy shit to make your DeLorean look like this one. However, it still wouldn't start. And would suck. I would like a... Well, yeah. I mean, fuck. It's just fun to have well, one. Yeah. But what else would you do with it? Would it would just be novelty. Like, occasionally, when it decided to work, you could maybe cruise around the neighborhood. And yeah, he decides to build it out yeah. of a DeLorean. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Ah. We don't know that yet. It's too early. So We're right like, there, though. He's like, yeah, almost, but he's like, you gotta, you're all right, all right, Marty, 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 Marty. you gotta start filming. Uh, this is October 26, 1985, uh, uh, 1.18 a.m., and and he's talking about all this. He 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 shows that him, he has a watch, and Einstein, the dog, has a watch on his collar, and they're perfectly synchronized, and right then you see the time change both at the, at same, the same time. time. Everything's perfectly synchronized, and he shuts dog in the car and uses this sweet-ass remote control, which, all right, remote control cars were cool, but remote control actual cars would be fucking baller. Even if it did happen to be a DeLorean, that would be baller. (laughs) So he races it down the parking lot and turns it around, gets it all set up into position, and uh, locks it, like hits the lock button, and then crank, like revs the engine so the tires are just spinning. Just spin. We're just going to melt the fuck out of those tires. That's right. That's right. We don't want any tread on those tires, do we? No. That's right. We're just going to melt the fuck. Ooh, and then here we go. And he lets loose and erases towards him. And uh, Marty tries to move. He's like, no, no, no. You got to stand right here. Well, he looks at him. He's like, and then the Uh. space or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And so... It comes flying. My calculations are correct. Yeah, that's right. What do you race it down? When this Opening baby line. hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. shit. So it comes flying towards them, and then right before it gets to them, the coolest thing that young Nick Ryder ever saw in his fucking life happens. The flashing lights and all the cool effects, and then just twin streaks of flame. Yeah, that, those were pretty cool. And it was awesome, except now that doesn't necessarily hold up. And here's a little bit of an error. Is their, their feet are in it. Yeah. and his Like they're standing in the, in like the they fire. Expected, they're like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that's a continuity thing. Like they filmed them enough that they thought that where they placed the actual people would like have Like they been, would go right between their feet. But no, you see Marty's foot is just Full engulfed. on in the fire. Come then, on, man. Yeah, come on, come man. On, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. All right. All right. So anyway, now uh, by the way, what was the what was the plan if it hit eighty eight and we didn't see some serious shit? They'd be they'd die. They'd be in some serious serious shit. shit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you won't see some. You'll feel some serious shit. But he'd be a murderer. He he pulled him back because Marty was all like, "I'm gonna step away." Be dead, and maybe he's. 
Hopefully that camcorder breaks too, so the evidence is gone. Just saying that that, that relationship between Marty and yeah, that's Doc, a lot of trust, and that's he pulled him in there. That's a lot of yeah. You're standing right here with me, man. <laughs> Marty, get over here, Marty. I need you to face death with me, Marty. <laughs> my, my, uh, yeah, my, no, Marty. Might as well make him Rick. Marty. Might as well yeah. be Rick. We're gonna go. It's we're gonna get him. This has got to be what Rick and Morty was oh, based it is. off of. It is kind of loosely, yeah. Completely, like not yeah. even loosely. Pretty heavily, I would say. So, uh, it disappears. Like you just evaporated Einstein in the car. No, no, no. They're both fine. No, well, no, then, no. Where the hell? Where the hell are they? No, the, still the, the, intact. The question is, when the hell are they? Your 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 guys got a weird like. Accent at the end. I like Yeah, well, I... Where are they? Because Christopher Lloyd, uh, mostly known for, at least I I first knew him as Uncle Fester. I guess I probably knew him for this before Uncle Fester. But either way, he was this. He was Uncle Fester. He has been in a lot of... He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Like, he's done legitimate movies, but I knew him from, like, slapstick little kid movies like this and Adam's Family. Um, But he, like, really does something to make this character... And it's just, oh, Mario, great Scott, all the time. Like, he's always on the verge of a breakdown and bubbling over with excitement. Always. And it's fucking awesome. Like, this character's wonderful. But that's just, that's. I sent him into the future. He did. One minute to be exact. And they're standing there, he's trying to explain, and all of a sudden he goes, oh, oh, and pushes Marty out of the way right before it comes zooming back in. Oh, now he cares about his life now all of a sudden. Now I care about your life. Now that I know it works. Yeah. Now that I we'll know. never stand in front of it I again. I need to worry about your life here. So skid, the car skids, and you see, I always wondered, how does it skid to a stop? But then you see Doc holding the remote yeah. up all crazy, like, oh, shit. Like that was a last-minute maneuver he was pulling um, so opens it, or they go to open it. What is it hot? No, cold. Damn cold. And the whole car's <laughs> covered nice. But he gets the door open and Einstein's just like, dude, what the fuck? What, what, what? Why did you just put me in this car? Get me out of here. Like, I'm pretty annoyed by all this right now. But he shows that their watches are now exactly one minute off. And you see them both change the minute at the same time. Just so yep. they're still synchronized, but they're exactly exactly one minute apart exactly so when he finally lets go Einstein he just runs off and goes into the van like I am fucking over this shit um so then yeah okay now now they got the camera oh these are the time circuits this shows where you're going uh where you are and and where you are you could go to if you want to see the birth of Jesus and he plugs in (laughs) December 25th (laughs) zero yeah (laughs) which I mean come come on we know that Jesus was Jesus was a summer baby we know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's if they right, were going to follow the North Star to Ben, he was a summer baby. He was not born in December. Uh, or who didn't exist. But then he also says the <laughs> signing of the Declaration of Independence, July 4th, 1776. It was, it was done in the year before, right? Like, the July 4th was a date we set as our celebration of it, but, like, it was done... Before that, no, I think the signing was done on that day. I, I thought it, I like, know it was signed signing and passed was... off, but it was, it, it nah, I think there's something mm, that it wasn't done on July 4th. Yeah. That was the day that, like, maybe they finalized it and we, we decided that was the day we picked. But when everybody met and John like Hancock wrote his it. name all big, they posted hey, everybody, it. look at my Hancock. That was, yeah, they, maybe they post dated it. 
like the big Lebowski check. The signing of the Declaration of Independence happened on August 2nd, Ooh. 1776. Oh, Jesus, even later. After. So neither of the dates he uses as examples would work yeah. at all. But then he goes, oh, another another great moment in science, uh, November 5th, 1955. Yes. Oh, November 5th, 1955. I remember that. I was I was hanging a picture and I slipped off of the toilet. And like, I slipped the off fuck? the toilet. What the fuck does this have to do with science? And I hit my head when I came to. I was feeling the bruise on my head and, and just... Gushing blood everywhere. No, he didn't say that part, but that's when I when I dreamt up the flux capacitor. It's what makes time. That's what makes time travel possible. possible. Uh, so yeah, that, that was the whole thing. So, uh, but you need a nuclear reaction. So you're telling me this thing runs on nuclear energy? No, it runs on electricity. But <laughs> the it, nuclear reaction was the only thing that gave me the 1.21 gigawatts needed to power the flux capacitor. And so, the, the DeLorean being stainless steel conducts that. That's right, because well. of the stainless yeah. steel. That's and why, it, and it's stylish. If you're gonna travel, well, yeah, you might as well travel in style. That's right, because if you go back in time, you can pretend you're nail. If you go forward in time, well, then you just fit in. Yeah, it. He he really <laughs> thought this through. <laughs> he did. Uh, and originally, in like one of the earlier drafts of this movie, it was just supposed to be like a fridge or something, or maybe that was Bill and Ted. But it wasn't a DeLorean at first. Like, it wasn't a car. I mean, I feel like they try to go with a fridge or trying to rip off Doctor Who. But and a little TARDIS? A little bit. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to look at we'll have to look into that. Somewhere. TARDIS but was interdimensional, though, right? That's right. Okay, so maybe that's that's the difference. So you got one of them, doon, 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 doon. That's right. Doon, doon, doon. It's not the same. It's not the same. Uh, so anyway, he, he's like, well, wait, you just found plutonium? No, 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 I, I got it from the Libyans. I, I sold them some arcade parts and told them it was a bomb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so then he's like, he's got a suitcase where he, he mentions he, he only can wear cotton, something, something. I'm allergic, allergic to synthetics. Who knows if they got cotton underwear in the future. Oh, I'm allergic to all synthetics. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, which was Put intentionally because there's a deleted scene when he goes back in time and they're going through his suitcase, him in 1955 Doc Brown, where he's like, "What? Uh-huh. What kind of underwear are these? What? What?" Uh, but that got cut. So, yeah, he's getting ready to go into the future, and he's like, "Oh my God, I almost forgot to bring the rest of the plutonium. How do I expect <laughs> it? How do I expect it?" And then all of a sudden, <gasps> they found me. Oh my God, they found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Maybe the giant van with Doc Brown Enterprises on the side of it helped him find you. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe the fact that you were literally advertising your whereabouts helped them find you. But yeah, the Libyans show up in a sweet old VW bus. That's right. The old Twinkie bus. And just fucking firing. Just firing. And they come racing in. uh, So... Uh, yeah, they attack. They shoot. They shoot him. They blow fucking Doc away. Bastard! You bastards! And they they go to aim at Marty, but the gun jams. Yeah, the guy's like trying to get the jammed work. So he get the jammed work. Get unjammed. Uh, so he hops. He in also the... says he goes stupid Soviet gun. Does he? Yeah. In the in that. close <laughs> captioning, it says it. Ah, I didn't hear that. All right. Little benefit of having that. Man, get... well, we get to snatch. We find out that. Soviets make the best weapons, and wit is sign of 
reliability. Reliability. But we'll, we'll, we try? won't figure that out till the S's. But you like dogs? You like that? Oh, sure. I, I like, like dogs. So uh, he hops in the DeLorean, takes off, and there's a bit of a chase around the parking lot here, and then he's going here and going there, and looping around, blah, 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 and we get... See if you bastards can do 90. There it is. So I'm, 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 looking, up, I'm looking up right now yeah. just because, you know, they do chase them in the mm-hmm. scene, and a part of me wants to think that he's not actually trying to, like, keep it close. Like, that's the DeLorean full speed, and I'm looking up the... The zero to sixty in a DeLorean's ten seconds. Uh, now I'm trying to find the zero, the zero to sixty, 60 in a VW a, for bus. A VW, and they're probably the same. I just <laughs> saw something that uh v, that the bus was only capable of fifty nine miles an hour. Really? So that may be an accurate chase scene. It might be because I mean they were turning a lot, so you don't ever get up to a high speed when you're turning that much. But he had to get to a straightaway mm-hmm. where yeah, let's see if you bastards could do ninety. But as soon as he hits eighty eight. He time travels, and next thing you know, there's a giant scarecrow on the windshield, ah! and then he crashes into a barn, ah! and then the family wakes up and comes out, and they're like, what kind of, what is this? What, what is That's it? no automobile. That's some kind of, and then the kid's like, no, this look can't be an automobile, look, and he shows his dad his science his fiction comic, comic book, yeah. book that shows a little alien spaceship that looks of enough like it so then they're like oh my god this is this is an alien right here and so also he's still wearing his nuclear suit from when he was he was demonstrating how to load plutonium in which right. is how he was able to do this uh, as part of the video demonstration that's that's a, that's important to note here's how you do this and we got our radioactive suits on but Marty never had the chance to take him off because the Libyans attacked. So not only is he in a vehicle that looks like the alien spaceship, when the door opens, odd, in 1955, nothing opened that way. No. Oh, up yeah. like that? I definitely see why they think he And then be. he comes out in a suit like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So they shut the barn door. The dad gets the shotgun, and they start firing at him. So he hops back in the car and races off. Quick! Get him! He morphed into human form! Yeah, or he's more, he's like in the process of or something. Yeah. Like he's turning into human, whatever. So he he ta- he r- races away and runs over a tree, and then you see the mailbox saying Mr. Peabody or Peabody. Right. And you hear you took out one of my pines. You took out my pines. My pines. They took our pines. Yeah. Old man. Old man. Uh, Peabody, Peabody owned and his pine trees. Yeah. yeah. So he gets to he goes tries to get home. Oh man, this this has got to be a dream. And he oh, gets, man. And he gets to Lion Estates, but so far they just have the, the non-gate gate set up. Yeah. Just the, the stone lion statue things. And a sign like, Lion Estates, starting developing this November or whatever. Right. So, like, but what development puts the fucking ornate gate decoration up first? I had that same thought. I was Bef- like, no, false. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Yeah. Do that part and then actually make the development. That's yeah. not how any of this. That that's not how any of this works. Yeah. So update on the the oh, DeLorean yeah, yeah, yeah. V, VW bus. So the DeLorean uh, zero to sixty is about ten and a half seconds. The, oh, now it's ten and a half. Yeah, and a half. Well, that's hey, that's what. All right. So here, buddy. Uh, zero to sixty in the bus, seventy five seconds flat. Seventy five seconds. <laughs> now weigh that down with two men and a lot of ammo. Yeah. Probably looking at probably 80, 80, 90, maybe. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So, assuming your your DeLorean starts, you can definitely get away from a VW bus. <laughs> is what we're saying. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you. On all right. That one. So, then the car dies. Like Lion Estates isn't developed at all, uh, and of course it dies. You know why? It's a DeLorean. Because it's a DeLorean and they're pieces of shit. Also because it's out of plutonium. He has a plutonium meter that shows it's <laughs> empty. <laughs> uh, so he pushes it behind the billboard. Which how he was able to push it. Neutral, I have no baby. Idea. Neutral. It's a, it's you know a how heavy that thing would it's be? It's a manual, though. You know how heavy that thing would be? Yeah. That's All a heavy stainless steel? Yeah. Hey, you're right. And he's only a 17-year-old kid. And his only exercise... He's not He's not hitting the weight room. He, he no. skateboards around and plays his guitar, smokes some pot. Probably smokes those pots. Smokes the reefer. Um, so there's a sign that says Hill Valley two miles. And it's nighttime, but then he's getting into Hill Valley and it's morning. It's a long two miles. But 1955, we get... And he's looking around town square like, what is what is happening? But Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. No. Uh, he's not talking to Doc right now. Come I just, on. I just want the ah part. Yeah. Ah, ah, Wait a minute, Doc. So he's like standing there, and, and we're seeing him look at, at 1955, and now the theater marquee. Does not read orgy American style. It reads Cattle Queen of Montana starring Ronald, Ronald Reagan. Reagan. Oh, that's, that's right. right. Ronald the Reagan. Actor? <laughs> yeah. And then the clock tower chimes, so we know that it works. So it's wait a minute. Dropping uh, that in there. Was Ronald Reagan oh no, oh, okay, I was Reagan. thinking he was the president in eighty five. In so. eighty five, but he was an actor in the fifties. Right. Yeah. I, I was thinking, man, <laughs> would that be weird if he put out a movie while he was president? Oh, well, that's not allowed. It's I don't think allowed. you would be able to. Well, if he didn't take any money for it, and he just did it because he loved acting. Like a cameo or something. I don't know if he did, well, but he did He did love the joke. Oh, he loved that joke so much. Well, Mommy, have you seen that they they referenced me in this new new feature film? I don't know how. That's my Reagan, I guess. But he would like have showings of it at the White House, and he just thought it was so great. Pretty stoked <laughs> on it. He would, Steven Spielberg they, mentioned me. They, Steven Spielberg mentioned me in his new picture that he... Well, I mean, it was Zemeckis, but Spielberg produced it. it they put Spielberg's name, because Zemeckis wasn't a name yet, so they put Spielberg all over this fucking movie, because he, he had a heavy hand in it. Oh, okay. For sure, he did. Okay. You're right. Take it easy. I will. No TL. I was agreeing with you. <laughs> anyway, so, Clock uh, Tower's doc. working. We uh. Uh, <clears throat> He goes into this deli to use the phone. Uh... Tries to call Doc, looks him up in the phone book, tries to call, doesn't answer. So he rips the page out of the phone book, right? Once they ask about Riverside Drive. And what's great is a lot of this, at least a lot of the houses, like the mom's house where the the, the bird watching happens, Doc's house, a lot of that was filmed in Pasadena, where I went to school. And so I got to see a lot well, of Well, yeah, the houses. high school is Whittier High School, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. You're correct. You're correct. Um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> So anyway, I just like Riverside Drive was was, not, I guess not the main road, but it was it was road in Pasadena, which mm-hmm. I don't know where it, Hill Valley how if that's supposed to be like Pasadena or whatever, but it's definitely California. It's very like. very California for sure. So Biff then comes in, he's like McFly, and Marty turns around and looks, but he's talking to George McFly, who happens to be sitting right next to him, and then he's like, Oh my God, holy shit, that's my dad. 
Um, so then it's a complete repeat of the bullying scene from their house earlier. Like, even says, what are you looking at, butthead? But, like, did you write my report for me? I gotta have time to put in my own, ra- own handwriting. You know what would happen if I turned in a report in your handwriting? You wouldn't want that, would you, McFly? I'd fail the class. And you wouldn't want that, would you, McFly? Well, no, Biff, I... Would, no, Biff. would you? Because at first he kind of looks and he's like, yeah, I would like that. He's like, would you? Well, no. And I don't... So my George McFly and my Ronald Reagan are exactly the same voice. So Ronald Reagan might as well be George McFly for the sake of my impression. Well, he does well, do... Mommy, I, he does. I guess I've got to fight Biff and... In number Win your love at the enchantment under the sea dance, yeah. In, in number two, he he does. <laughs> whenever you see Reagan, he, like he Crispin Glover does play Reagan. Does he? Yeah, yeah. I guess you'll find that out. In number, we'll find it in out next, next week. Well, so, yes. So yeah, we just find out that Biff has been doing this shit for thirty fucking years to yeah. poor George McFly. Uh, so George gets on his bike and rides off, and Marty follows him. And he's running along, and he sees the bike leaning against the tree, and he looks up, and there's old George with his binoculars and this tree. And what's he looking at? Oh, he's looking at them blue-footed boobies. He's looking at that blue-footed booby. Which, I gotta say, the 1955 Leah Thompson, foxy. It's the pointy bra. I mean, the hairdo, like, they, they, it was, she looked the part, for sure, but foxy. Woo! Foxy Leah. I liked it. Well, imagine if you, you know, discovered or found out your dad is a is a pervert dirty old pervert oh shit he even says that right he's like <laughs> my dad's standing a peeping there and he goes, tom he's a peeping tom because he's just fucking checking out mom he's like what dad i don't know if i respect so you. he falls out of the tree because he's just so horned up from looking at these blue-footed boobies and then Marty <laughs> sees his car coming, so he runs and pushes George out of the way, and then he gets hit with the car instead. Oh, jeez. Oh, no, I wonder if that sets up the plot of the movie. And then the, guy, the dad well, gets he out. yells out to Martha. He goes, he goes, another one of these damn kids <laughs> jumped in front of my car. What do you mean another, <laughs> another one? one? How often does this fucking happen? Hey, there's nothing, not a lot to do back in the 50s. You're right. And maybe Lorraine needs to stop changing bras in front of an open window. Close the blinds. <laughs> just close the blinds. Close the curtains. All of a sudden, your dad is going to stop running over teenage <laughs> boys if you just stop flashing them titties. Correlation's not always causation, but in this case... <laughs> it seems... Close the blind. Yeah. How about a fucking little screen? Something like the... What are the the dressing room screens? You know, people always go behind to change. Yeah, those like those Chinese screens. Yeah, yeah, I know those three panel screen things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do something. Don't just stand directly in front of an open window. Obviously, she's got to be doing on purpose. Yeah, and she's a bit freaky. Yeah, she's she's an exhibitionist. Is a bit of a freak. So maybe she's doing it on purpose. She's a bit of a slut too. As she kind of leads on, she's like, I've been. I know what parked means. I've yeah. Oh, like I've parked with a park. Like I've never parked before. What, mom? <laughs> what? I'm a teenage girl. I want to get laid too. Is that such a fucking crime? No, but only with when it's with your son. Then <laughs> it gets a bit weird. But we'll we'll oh get my, there. O M G. So he gets hit by the car. He's one of many. We find out, but he wakes up. He's like, "Oh, mom, mom, mom." <laughs> 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 Sorry, I just looked at Lois like, what the fuck? Man. 
I just had a horrible dream that that I time traveled and but it's like, well, you're you're safe here back in 1955. Yeah, what a weird 1950. What? Hey, you're you're hot. You're you're hot. Was you're you're so. Thin is what he settles on after not being able to say you're hot multiple times to his mother. And he's pretty into her, and she's definitely into him. Oh. I've never seen purple underwear before, Calvin. Why are you calling me Calvin? Well, that's it's, it's your name. It's written all over your underwear. Calvin Klein, isn't that what they Calvin call you? Klein. Calvin Klein. Uh, so the 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 other mother, the her mother, his grandmother, whatever... But she doesn't really acknowledge that that they're like grandparents or anything. Not really. Like he doesn't ever say he doesn't have any kind of oh my god, grandma Dorothy or whatever, yeah. like nothing. He does the Uncle Joey though. Does does have an Uncle Joey bit here, but <laughs> so dinner time and Lorraine leaves because Marty is hiding stands up and has a blanket wrapped because he's having to hide this obvious boner. Like he's he's full throbbing for his own mother right now. And He's I, 17. Well, true. He is 17. He is 17. And it is 1955 Leah Thompson. So, yeah, I get that. And, and, and to Michael J. Fox's credit, he is acting, I feel, suitably freaked out by the just slew of emotions and confusion that would be going through your head. So I'll give him that. So he goes down for dinner, uh, and they're all sitting down, and uh, we get... This is so-and-so, this is so-and-so, and that's, oh, that's little Joey over there in the crib. And he goes, so you're my Uncle Joey. Better get used to these bars, kid. <laughs> oh, he just loves being there. He Which is pretty funny, but also the way he goes, you're my Uncle Joey. Like, he's never met his Uncle Joey. So Uncle Joey's been in prison for at least 17 years. Yeah. Kind of makes you wonder what, what, what Uncle did Joey Uncle did. What did Uncle Joey do? He ate a man's face. <laughs> Uncle Joey is Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to come over, Marty. I had a, have some Chianti and some barbie beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> I had an old friend for dinner. <laughs> Definitely was, in the rewatch too. It was so. delicious. <laughs> uh, so, also the her her other brother is wearing a raccoon hat to the dinner table. Her brother is played by the same actor who is the older brother from the show Wonder, Wonder Years. Wonder Years, yeah, yep. that's right. Uh, I can't remember the name. Neither can I. But he was in Wonder Years. But yeah, he's got this fucking raccoon cap. And take your fucking raccoon. Get that fucking. Get, get that shit. dirty ass thing out of here. We're at the dinner table. <laughs> Will you take that hat off? It's the it's nineteen fifty five. I mean, dinner nope. table was a serious thing. You can't no have elbows, a raccoon hat. No, no elbows right. on the table. No hats. Fucking do your hair. Go wash your face before you eat. All that sort of shit. You aren't you aren't having a raccoon hat. God, I'm glad we don't. And then do he that puts it right table. back on. Yeah, fuck and then she doesn't say anything about it. So he can sit right here by me. <laughs> Lorraine makes him sit right next to her, and she is just rubbing his leg. And it's like uh, the dad wheels a. TV in because he just got the TV today. He's so excited we can watch TV while we eat dinner. And it's Jackie Gleason. It's the same it one. Is. George McFly was watching earlier in the movie. There it is. Oh, I've seen this one. It's it's it's, it's a rerun. It's a classic. What's a rerun? What do you mean? This is brand new. Does your family have a TV, Marty? <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we got two of them. 
Wow, you must, must be, be rich. rich. Love that kidding. line. Nobody has two TVs. So then she's like, well, seeing as how dad almost killed him with the car, I think he should spend the night. He can stay in my room. And just hand right. She is. She grabs her a handful. Oh, she <laughs> is go in for it. And he jumps up and he's just, nope. Can't fault her for trying. No. But kid, you don't even know. Your dad hit with car, just some random dude. At the dinner table with your parents, you're just going for the old over the pants dance. Hey, man, hormones, they, they fuck you up. I you're guess. not thinking clear. <laughs> like, I did a lot of stupid, horny teenager shit for sure, but I definitely never tried to get handsy at the dinner table with my parents. No. Lorraine's a freak. That's right. what I'm saying. <laughs> she is a freak, dude. No doubt about Lorraine. it. Marty, she's a freak. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why Biff was like, say hi to your mom for me. That's right. I biffed her good. Marty, she's a whore. <laughs> oh, wait, your mom's Lorraine? Why do you know her? Uh, <laughs> I once no. knew her. <laughs> no. Uh, no, not, not at all. Uh, for, forget everything I just said. <laughs> wait, Doc. Doc, are you, you, you are trying you to tell me, Doc? I'm, whoo, Doc. Wait, uh, Marty, do you have a, a flair for the dramatic and an interest of science? Doc, come on, Doc. Doc. I I, I I was just curious how genealogy works. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Yeah, well, you know, maybe he's Stock's kid. I think there's something beyond that we're not we're not told about these this two relationship. Could be, could be. So he runs away, and he could be mentor mentee kind of relationship. Well, he makes he tries he wants to know where. that road is that he that knows road is. John yeah, that's Kennedy. right. And he goes, it's blah blah blah, whatever. And he goes, oh, that's JFK Drive. Yeah. Like, who the hell's JF or who the hell's John F. Kennedy? It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good line. Yeah, uh, because yeah, it's 1955. Nobody knows who John F. Kennedy is yet. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get it that these people don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, he still hasn't got his head wrapped around that he's not in 85. He's in 55. So he goes. So we go to Doc's house. And Doc's house, what they use at least for the exterior of Doc's house, is the Gamble house. Gamble from Procter and Gamble. Oh. Mm. The Gamble house, which is in Pasadena, uh, which I, I guess, not really discovered. I, when my mom first came to visit when I lived out there, she asked, well, we have to go see the Gamble house. And we drove by, and it's this massive fucking estate, as you can see in the movie. Uh, yeah, you, you need some serious fucking, it's a beautiful fucking, and it looks still the same. As it does in this movie. So, well done there. But there's no goddamn way that a failed fucking scientist... Has that house. Is fucking living in this house. It's his family fortune, um, though. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was right at the center site. I always found it by going down Orange Drive, but the address is on another road, technically. But And wouldn't, wouldn't he still be living at the same place? Yeah, but so what was with the newspaper clipping at the beginning where the mansion burned down? The mansion burned down. Oh, because we're in 55. But so in 85, at the beginning of the movie, it said like Brown Mansion destroyed something, something about a fire. What? Where? I missed Yeah. That. And then in a separate clipping in that same thing, it makes mention that the development company bought that property to become, I think, Lion Estates. I don't know. I, I don't remember the. Maybe I'll have to watch it again and see if what the date on that newspaper clipping was. Yeah. I'm sure it was post 55. So it's, he's in the house now, but by the time 1985 hits, that's why he's in this shitty 
dilapidated mm. fucking garage full of clocks and mm-hmm. overflowing dog food instead of this super mansion. That might be it sometime in there. Ah, there it is. But the Gamble House, if you're ever in Pasadena, California, definitely go check it out. It's, it's a pretty fucking impressive establishment. Um, mm. So, but the, yeah, there's a lot of stuff about Pasadena. Kind of, I don't, I don't miss much of LA, but I do miss Pasadena. Pasadena is a, a beautiful place. Um, so he uh, knocks on the door and Doc opens it and pulls him in. He's like, "Don't tell me anything. I don't want to know who you are. I don't want to know anything about you." <laughs> and he starts asking him questions. You uh, you've traveled a great distance. Yes, yeah, you could say yes. That. Uh, you uh, you want me to make a donation to the Coast Guard Auxiliary Coast Guard Auxiliary something? <laughs> no, I, I was it. I uh, I traveled through time <laughs> to get here. Do you know what this means? This damn thing doesn't work. It's too bad that his mind reading machine doesn't work. Well, there's a lot of uh, Coast Guard or like Navy jokes thrown in because of his vest. Oh, like, that's oh, right. Did you that's just right. jump ship? That's or, which is yeah. the thing. Like when he was at the deli or the diner, the diner mm-hmm. to get the try to make the phone call and rip the phone book page out. All that everybody keeps bringing up. What's with the life? And preserver? even at Lorraine's house. Oh, you must be with the Coast Guard because yeah. that that would be why you're wearing that life vest. <laughs> the thing he's wearing. That's right. That's like a little bit of running gag. So he's like, no, no, I've traveled from 19... Look at my driver's license. I'm from 1985. 1985? Well, then who's president in 1985? <laughs> Ronald Reagan. The actor? Ronald Reagan. <laughs> who's vice president? Jerry Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good gag. Pretty good gag. And that's why... <laughs> well, mommy, we need to... We need to screen that Back to the Future movie again because I just, gosh darn it, I just can't get enough of the the way they give me a shout out there in that scene. <laughs> he must have really hated commies and loved Ronald Reagan, whoever wrote this. Uh, keep, you mean keep, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale? Keeping <laughs> dotting, uh, doffing Doffin, their cap. I don't know if there are any cap doffing. He just. Ronald Reagan was president in 85. So let's make jokes about the fact that an actor from 55 is a president in 85. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't think there's any commies involved here, dude. All right, take it easy, dude. <laughs> I don't think commies are involved here, dude. I mean, they, they, said, nihil- the, they said they were nihilists. <laughs> <They're now>. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to split hairs here? <laughs> <laughs> they threatened castration. They're Nazis? Shut the no fuck man. up, Donnie. No, men, Donnie. These men are nihilists. They're cowards. So, so he finally convinces Doc that he traveled back to time. I have to go get this car. We got to go get your time machine. He says, I hit it. No, it's pretty obviously parked behind a billboard with like a couple of shrubberies thrown on top of it. Like it is very visible. You didn't hide shit. Um, so they get it back. And he hooks the camcorder up to the TV. Now, I don't know much about technology. I don't know that a 1985 camcorder could be plugged into a 1955 TV. Would 1955 TVs have inputs for RCA cables and such? I don't think so. I wouldn't just think... the way he had it looked up. It looked yeah. like they were just like alligator clamps to like a battery terminal or something. He's but, just like, I, hey, I, movie magic. Yeah, sure. You know, he's a scientist. He got it to work. This somehow. is a movie about time travel, so maybe <laughs> we need to give a little. But really, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> come on. And I mean, it probably should have been Betamax, right? Right for the time, not VHS. That's right. I mean. I don't know. 86? Uh, 80, 85, so probably 84 for filming. 
I don't know. I know that there was a big battle between Beta and VHS. That's and, that was my joke. Right, but the reason VHS won is because porn. Porn. Yeah. Uh, Longer runtime. Same with Laserdisc and DVD. Yep. <laughs> Whatever avenue porn went on was the one. Well, that was yeah. the format that took over because obviously people are buying porn. Okay. And then internet. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Al Gore, I guess, right? He invented the internet, right? I think that's right. And, and then how that's that, right. That's how that happened. There's definitely nothing else there. So hooks it up, and then they're talking. Uh, so, yeah, he gets to watch it, and, he, and uh, Doc Brown in the video says gigawatt. He's like, what? Point one. Oh, my God. What? Point 21 gigawatts. 1.1 <laughs> gigawatts. 2-1. 1.21. Now, he says, yeah. Uh, and then, so he runs off screaming one point, and, and Marty gigawatts. goes, what the hell is a gigawatt? <laughs> Which I think is just great. Because what the hell is a gigawatt? A gigawatt. So a gigawatt. Wouldn't it actually technically be pronounced a gigawatt? Yeah, it's, it's spelled gigawatt, which if that's the case, it would be a billion watts. Well, it, it, yeah, it should be measured in voltage, not like watts. So like a bolt of lightning. Well, voltage is, or watts is, is technically a unit of heat. I mean, this is the electrician here. Well... Apprentice, but I guess you would want to say watts then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then he mentions a bolt like lightning. Talk about watts. Light bulbs are watts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but gigawatts. Yeah, I don't know. It, I just always thought that gigawatts was a made-up thing. Well, for no. This I mean, if you're of power needed, if you're following because really. you've got you know megawatt. You know, just think of it as memory. You have you know uh, byte, megabyte, gigabyte, terabyte. It yeah. follows the same structure. So yeah, gigawatt right, right, would be a billion they made watts. Up gigawatts just for like this. No, it's just an insanely like large amount say of watts. Gazillion or something. You yeah, know, but just gigawatt a, has an actual. Sure, but yeah. I thought that's why they said gigawatt to just be a made up gift gif number. Same. Yeah. Either way. But, but you think it's just it's a gif gif situation? I think so, and they're just choosing because it's an outrageous movie. And they're like, why not just it is, gigawatt? Oh, it is because it's so spelled could gigawatt. You could dance with me, dance with me. So you could you could you could dance with me. So if it is me. gigawatt, yes, yeah, so that's like a billion watts. I think so. That's a lot of watts. Gigawatt. We're here, like, what is that? A ten watt amp? And they're talking about <laughs> billion. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a bolt of lightning is a billion volts. A a bolt. A bolt of lightning is a million volts. A million of, volts of electricity. Man, so yeah, people getting hit by lightning. It's crazy. Like, you see the video? I, yeah, so getting hit by lightning, very rare that you survive that. It's Some because, people do. It's just because they weren't grounded when they were kids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree with that. Well, fuck it, done. But did you ever see there's a video? <laughs> yeah, even George like that. There was a video of this dude walking down the middle of a street. I think he might have been stumbling, but maybe a little drunk. It's definitely a nighttime. And he gets hit by lightning and like falls and lays there for a bit. But then he gets up and starts walking again. And then he gets hit by lightning again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then gets up again and keeps walking. It was like, what the fuck is. Uh, I don't know. YouTube it. Somebody look at that. It's fucking funny. Like, there's got to be some kind of Superman shit. Who gets struck by lightning twice, like in succession, and still, still walks? That's apparently that guy. That guy. <laughs> and I hope he made it home and wakes up the next morning and goes, "Man, I got a hell of a hangover. What <laughs> right? the fuck? Never doing that again. What, I'm never doing Jaeger again, man. Whatever. <laughs> no idea that he got struck by lightning twice. So anyway, 
The only the only source powerful enough to create that amount of energy would be a oh. bolt of lightning. That's right. Uh, so, but there's no way there's no way to know exactly where and when lightning is gonna strike. Well, well, oh, well, well, gee, gee, Rick, what if I had this flyer right here that said exactly when and where lightning was gonna strike? Ten oh four. That's right. Ten oh four. Yeah. Yeah. So. Here's this flyer that says it. So, okay, so next Saturday, and we get this fucking great thing. Next Saturday night, we're sending you back, finger point, to the future. Then he look like at, well, the, at camera? the camera directly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guys, this is the title of the film, and everybody in the audience just. Ah! Ah! The movie. He said it. He said. But it was such like a big dramatic bill. We're yeah. on your back. To the future! Well, it was like a trailer, right? It was supposed oh, to be part totally. of the trailer. That would have been like the they wrote ending. that in right before, right before it goes black, and then the release date. We're gonna save money, yeah. so much money on filming very, a trailer. End of the trailer, right there. So I, I get, yeah, Christopher Lloyd in this fucking movie is just so 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 over good. the top. I love his it's like great it's, facial reactions and shit yeah, that he does. Yeah, like, <laughs> his his mannerisms and and he's very hunched over and and animated, but he had to be hunched over cuz he's so much taller than oh, really? Michael J. Fox. So sometimes they did the old uh Lord of the Rings uh, Hobbit camera angle angle thing, but other times he just had to be hunched over and so that kind of gave him that Crazy, which I get again, exactly like fucking Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like when he's talking about the picture and how if you if you know anything, yeah, look at your brother's disappearing from me. He's being erased from existence. And he's just like so fucking over the top and cartoonish and everything. I <laughs> I love it. It's it's great, man. I, he just I don't care what else he does. He's a fucking standout to me for my <laughs> entire life simply because of this role. It's beautiful. So. Now he has to figure out how to get his parents to meet because he got hit by the car instead of George. So now you you're, you're gonna end up you're gonna end up erased from existence. Uh, so they go to the high school. Which one? Which one's your father? Uh, that's him, and he's the, getting pushed and they're knocking books out of his hands. Had the kick sign, kick me sign on his back. Well, that's him right there. And then Strickland comes out and yells at George for being a slacker. <laughs> Same as before. And this is when he's like, did he ever have hair? Because he <laughs> looks exactly the same. Which I don't know if they did on purpose or not. Like, it seems pretty funny that they let Strickland look exactly, exactly the, the same. same 30 years well, ago. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense because yeah. he, uh, he's just, like, does he never age? Yeah, he, he, he just never exists had hair? outside of time. Yeah, this he's fucking just... asshole principle. Um, so also here's a, here's a pretty good question and maybe, maybe you guys have an answer for me. Maybe listeners, maybe listeners can, uh, write in, you know, email us at the rewatch party, gmail.com. If you fucking can figure this out, but how, how is doc Brown just casually going into a <laughs> high school, hanging out in the hallway, checking out students. Well, it was 1955. I, Those were very different yeah, times. I guess, but still, like, nobody would go, yeah, so who are you? Who's this old guy? Yeah. They can just walk Sorry, right in. Sorry, is your grandson going here? What, what, are, are you his grandson? Also, you're not enrolled in the school. Who the fuck are you? I'm sorry, he's a doctor. He can 
wherever he wants. I, I didn't gotta go through eight years of medical school to to not be able to go into high schools. <laughs> I don't know if that's how that works, but it just yeah. It was, it, how how are either of them just like casually strolling into this high school to hang out? It doesn't it doesn't seem to add up to me. Um, so. Uh, they're in the they're in the cafeteria. They're seeing the cafeteria here where Biff is like sitting behind Lorraine and and being grabby and pretty forceful. And she's definitely clearly saying stop and no. And he's just going with it. So so Marty steps in. Well, young Biff is uh, pretty rapey. Young Biff is definitely rapey. Yes, he's pretty heavy handedly rapey. And so uh, Marty steps in and tells him to knock it off. And they're like. They're going to fight each other. And Lorraine just, as if she wasn't turned on enough at the dinner table. Got wet. She got wet at the dinner table. Here she is full on sploosion. She had some wet ass she P word. She is sploosh-in <laughs> on this cafeteria because of the way Marty steps up. So now it's like, I'm trying to get you to fall in love with my dad, but all you want to do is me. And that sucks. But so Biff has the great, great line, uh, make like a tree, get out of here. Because <laughs> he's fucking up his analogies, right? All right. I love, uh, yeah, I always say, yeah, why don't you make like a tree and get out get of out here? here. Uh, and also, one of his cronies, his little dudes, always wearing the 3D glasses. You notice that? He always has like the yeah. fucking shitty paper, yeah. red and blue 3D glass. Just all the, always. Well, did you notice? Everywhere. His, uh, one of the his crew guys, is a very famous actor, Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. The villain from Titanic himself. That's, That's right. right. Uh, probably, I'm sure his his favorite acting credit he has is Biff Crony, number four or whatever from fucking Back to the Future. So, um, so then he's like, okay, so my dad's a bitch, and yeah. I've got to seriously do. Oh yeah, he's like, he finds his dad writing stories, and he's like, let me read. No, no, no. no well, when no, he hears yeah, himself, nobody can from... read my stories. I don't want to. No, I don't. When, when if they don't like it? Like, oh, gee, mommy, I don't want anybody reading my stories. Oh, jeez, mommy. <laughs> so, uh, so then he's like, I've got to fucking get my dad to find his ball somehow. So he dresses back up in the radiation suit and puts the headphones of his Walkman on his dad and starts blaring some Van Halen because for a person in 1955, some Van Halen guitar would definitely freak you out. Uh, so I had to look it up because what the fuck? I didn't know if this was from an actual song like if it's a clip but it's not it's not a full song it's just guitar yeah it's just solo guitar but it's a piece called out the window out the window by to the, to the wall out, <laughs> out the window to the wall uh so in the uh it's the switch the, down the uh the ball. soundtrack portion of imdb it's credited as out the window by edward van halen played by because it always says who wrote it and who plays it edward yeah yeah, so written by Edward Van Halen, played by Marty's Walkman, is actually who gets the credit <laughs> at IMDb. It's pretty fucking funny. Um, so anyway, he says he's, I'm Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan, and you have to ask Lorraine out. That's right. That's my message. I've traveled across space for. And I'm Ron Burgundy, apparently. <laughs> um, so then they're back at the diner, and George is like, yeah, Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan visited me last <laughs> night, and I got to go ask this bitch out. And he orders a milk, chocolate, yeah. and chugs it. 
which is the only way to drink chocolate milk. You don't. He didn't. No, milk. he didn't chug it. He, he took a big swig he of took it, but he didn't you, finish you, it. You gulp, and then he slammed it down and wipes his mouth off, and he goes. He's going, and then Lorraine, I am your density. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> no, I am your density. Des- and she's actually kind of getting charmed. Like she, she's she's interested. She's destiny interested. has brought me to you. Yeah, she's like, oh, you said the word destiny. Well, now I'm splooshing for you. Yeah. Oh, look out here. And so he's like making progress. You know, he's knocking at that door, and then fucking Biff comes in. God damn it, Biff! Mm. And he's making his way down the fucking aisle. So Marty trips him. Got to, got to, got to get in the way. Got to let my dad hit on my mom here, man. <laughs> My parents got a book. So uh, Biff gets up angry and Marty punches him. And then Lorraine sees that Marty punches Biff and it's all wet all for him. George. And she splooshes, she splooshes a puddle that future mayor Goldie Wilson is going to have to come and mop up. <laughs> That's right, because Goldie Wilson is the janitor of this diner and will be mayor later in 1985. But for right now, He's mopping up Lorraine's sploosh. Oh. Just a puddle. She's leaking because of Marty. So then he's getting chased, and he fucking takes this little box racer thing. I don't know what that was. Yeah, it's a... I mean, it, we know it is a skateboard that has... A, it's like a like crate, a right handle but a scooter. Like, so he was on a razor scooter now that's a skateboard with handles, right? Yeah. But then it has a box on it for no reason, along the, the vertical part. Mm-hmm. For for what what are you gonna do? You're gonna run into that if you fuck up. Is all you're gonna do? Like, <laughs> there's no purpose for this box. So he's like, grabs this thing from this kid and he breaks the fucking handles off of it. Now he's got a skateboard. And he's like, oh, I'll bring this back. And he takes off skateboarding. And the kids are like, wow, of course, because he just invented skateboarding. Um, also close up on this sweet fucking vintage Chucks. He's got some awesome Chuck Taylor shoes. Oh, did he? I, just, I think I missed that. that. I'm a fan of Chucks, but he has some some sweet ones. So they get in the car, and they're chasing him around. And he goes back by the diner, and everybody's like, what is that thing he's on? Well, it looks like a, looks like a board with wheels. What is going on? It's just the craziest thing ever that he's on a skateboard. And so then she's like, he's such a dream. And gushes again, <laughs> yes. and then fucking people start getting their fucking snorkels out because it's getting full in here. Um, so he, the, Biff gets behind him and he turns around and has like his hands on the hood of the car. Right. So he's like being pushed by the car and just bracing himself. And he looks behind and he sees that, oh my God, Biff is, is pushing me straight towards the truck here. Oh shit. So he leaps off of the skateboard and lets that go under the car, Sweet runs move. along the hood, over the windshield, right between the guys while they're like, what the fuck? And then he leaps off the back of the car, back on the skateboard, just in time for them to run right into a truck full of manure. Like the sweetest, coolest fucking move ever. And all they can do is say shit. They go shit and then crash right into it. Uh, And so it's pretty sweet, but why is there a truck full of manure parked in town square? You have a truck of manure. You're going from the manure store, fucking wherever you're getting it from. You're going to your farm. to. Lay, you're not going back into town to casually park at Town Square and leave a truck full of shit just sitting there. Maybe the, the owner was in the diner. He wanted to grab a, a quick milkshake I, and a burger. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, man. If you're, if you're dealing in the business of shit, you get that shit handled and you clean yourself up and then you go get your burger. 
Yeah, you don't bring that to the 50s, though. Uh, I guess they didn't didn't know about the dangers of shit. (laughs) Yeah, because these guys, uh, oh, dang, we got foiled, but they're not like, oh, shit, oh, my God. They're not freaking out as much, so I guess they don't know about bacteria yet. Yeah, apparently not. Penicillin wasn't a thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird that in the middle of the day, there's a truck full of shit parked parked there. And it's a little observation there. So, uh. she, yeah, she she watches him right away, and she just he gives the kid back a skateboard, and I mean she she's that's it. She she wants Marty's D more than I think anybody's ever wanted any D in the history of D <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, so now we're back at Doc's, and he's. He's got his little like miniature town built, right? And he's like, "Oh yeah, for, forgive my model. I didn't have to, I didn't have time to build it to scale or paint it, <laughs> or paint it." Yeah, it's like you literally have the entire town built. Um, so yeah, his plan is, you're gonna set up down here, uh, and at the exact moment the lightning strikes, it'll travel down this cord where you will hit it with the time machine going exactly eighty miles an hour, and be traveled back into 1985. Right, so, I mean, there's a whole lot of things that have to be right at the exact same time. But, I mean, I guess, how else are you going to get lightning strike? You know, so, that's the only thing. And the demo doesn't go well because the car fucking drives off the table, <laughs> explodes Catches into fire, fire, and falls yeah. into a trash can, which he does put out. So, this is not the fire that burned down the brown, the brown mansion in that newspaper article. Um, so, then there's an octopus. Oh, Interesting. He, he may have done it himself on accident. Yeah, one of his could've. failed experiments could have been. Would have, could have. Mm, interesting. I didn't um, think about that. So Lorraine has followed him because there's a <laughs> knock at this door, and she comes in. She says, how, did, how did you know I was here? Well, I followed you. Well, that's that's a keeper right there. creepy at all. <laughs> fucking creeper. Just, just. What was a pineapple express? She just lingers, lingers around. Just like a linger, linger, linger. linger. Um, so she's having a hard time talking, but I guess it's it is pretty hard to form complete sentences when you're just orgasming uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, hard. It's got to be hard for her. Um, so like she's like really flirting with him, and Doc is in the background, like hanging his head, putting it. Head two fist leaning on the table like, dude, you're supposed to be hooking your parents up. Whatever you're doing is wrong because your mom is here trying to fuck you. And what you need to do is get your, you can just see Doc in the background like just going, oh my God. (laughs) What the fuck? So. No, keep going. uh, No, yeah, I do like the the look that he's giving them the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He's making a plan. He's with his dad while his dad's in the backyard hanging up laundry. It's like, look, look, look. What it's going to be is I'm going to... I'm going to be, you know, in a situation, and you're going to come in, and you're going to hit me in the stomach. And he's making a plan to fake rape his own mother. (laughs) Fake attempt rape his own mother. And he's not super cool with it, but it's got to be believable, I guess. But just... Let that sink in. He is formulating a plan to attempt to rape his own mother so that his dad can punch him in the stomach. What's worse, having a dad that's rapey or a dad that's a peeping Tom? Well, the, yeah, I mean, Probably I guess peeping the Tom. raper pe- would be worse? Raper would be worse. Yeah, yeah. I thought he said what's better. 
I would rather Peeping Tom than Raper, but... Yeah, what would you rather? Uh, the dad wasn't rapey. The dad is supposed to prevent rape. And so then by this, the dad was never a Peeping Tom, and then preventing rape. So then the dad comes out just crystal clear, hopefully. Um, so he he's always trying to find a way to tell Doc about what happens. I got to tell you about the future. He's like, no, Marty, you can't, you can't tell me about the future because... I don't want to alter my own future. And you can't tell, well, you you know, you can't say anything now because then I'm going to be aware of it and I won't do exactly what I would have done anyway and it'll alter what happens in 1985, et, et cetera. Um, so instead he just writes a note and seals it and says, do not open until 1985, right? Writes that on there. Um, so uh, Doc Brown has has the DeLorean on a trailer covered in a, in a tarp and he's just like setting up the ca- the cord plugging shit in and the cop's like hey what's this oh it's a weather experiment yeah it's a, a, something I'm just doing you know testing weather you got a permit for this of course I do and he climbs down off this ladder and opens up his wallet did you notice that yeah, yeah. fucking has to bribe a $50 bribe fucking goddamn. fucking dollar yeah fucking paying off the cop that's crazy. And I don't I definitely didn't notice that as a kid. Uh, well, now that you say that, I thought he actually had a permit he was showing. No, he him. opens up his goddamn wall. Yeah, it would have been funny if it was like Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec was like, I have a permit. It's just a piece of paper that says I can do what I want. <laughs> that's it. Interesting. It's a I whole never, Ron Swanson permit he has. I never thought about that 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 was going on that he was. Oh, he's paying bribing. off the cop. Interesting. Yeah. Um so now we're at the dance. And as soon as we cut to the dance, we get the first song they're playing. It's that saxophone. Anybody else? I don't know. No, uh, watch this a lot. But even randomly now, like fucking 30-something years later for me, since I was watching this. I get this fucking... Tune in my head, this fucking random saxophone tune from Back to the Future in my head. Is that the only thing you know at the damn time? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it is. It is an actual song, uh, like Night Nightwing or Night Song something. But yeah, I just always because of that because George is like being all awkward and watching the clock in on the dance floor, just waiting for what was it eight fifty five or whatever time it was supposed to be to. Like go nine, out to the car to, to punch Marty in the stomach, right? Right. So it's just that fucking saxophone line has been in my head forever. So now we got Marty and Lorraine in the car, and she has a flask. Or no, not even, it was just like a little pint bottle. Yeah. Just a straight bottle. Mom, you're, you're a drinker? She's like, well, yeah, of course. Do you want some? So he takes it and just starts chugging it because he's got to deal with the situation he's in, right? Like, he's freaking out. And then she pulls out a fucking bag of smokes. And you smoke too? Jesus. <laughs> She's like, don't be such a square. Oh, my God. You're starting to sound like my mother. Yeah, you sound like my <laughs> yeah. mother. Like, I've never been parking with a boy before. So he's always growing up with his mom like, I never parked with a boy. I never did any of this with the boy. Thinking his mom was basically a nun. And here she's chugging scotch and smoking cigarettes and talking about all the boys she's parked with. Yeah. Really eye-opening situation for this poor kid. I've parked with many boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what that means. A lot of guys have parked in my garage. Yeah, they have. Maybe. I've given a lot I mean, of Lorraine's park jobs. hot. Lorraine's, Lorraine's a hottie. She is quite, quite Good attractive. Good for her. Good for 
get it, girl. I mean, as long as they're not biffing on you, you know, <laughs> as long as it's consensual. Yeah. And not biffed. Fucking go for it. Don't get biffed. Don't get biffed. Don't biff hashtag, me, dog. Hashtag don't get biffed. <laughs> <laughs> That's our first rewatch party t-shirt. Don't get, don't get biffed. Don't get biffed. Yeah, man. Uh, so anyway, it's almost nine. So he has to try and start to rape his mom now. <laughs> so that George can punch him. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you ever have to do yeah. something that yeah. you, you thought it would be easy to do, but when you got there... It wasn't... <laughs> It was really, really hard. My dick, that mean. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of being hard, she's like, oh, yeah, I heard all, sorry, all I heard was hard. What? Mm. Yeah. So, and all, also, he keeps looking at her tits, like very obviously looking at her tits. Well, because one scene she had like she, a jacket and then the next she one takes it, it was off, off and, she and has it's a very like, low cut dress and she's leaning forward. I mean, she's presenting them for sure. Mm-hmm. She's Present like even them. pushing her shoulders forward to squeeze them together. Like she is putting them out there, but. As much as he's trying not to, he is. Ooh. For sure. Checking well, because out it sets tees. up how much he does like to look from earlier hey. in the movie. He full head whipped yeah, all the way right. around. That's right. That's why he had. He couldn't help but look at those butts. It's in his Ooh. nature. Yeah. I think he likes big butts. It's human nature. Oh, you went, I was going Madonna's human nature, and then you uh, went for big butts. Went, Cannot yeah. lie. Yeah. Eh, we'll meet in the middle. Fat bottom girls. My past dad can't deny. <laughs> When Lorraine walks in with an itty bitty waist and a rough thing in your face, you get biffed. No. All right. All right. So, <laughs> so she pushes him. There it is. Thank you. So, yeah, he's checking out his mom's shit. And so I also I think that Freud, Freud would have had a field day with this because of all the fucking mother-son fucking. The fucking mother-son fucking. But uh, so she leans in and just kisses him and then like immediately gets wide-eyed and stops and is like, yeah, that didn't feel right. It, kissing you felt like I was kissing my brother. Does that make sense? And he, yeah. Yeah, I think. Because Michael J. Fox was perpetually going through puberty this entire movie. I know what you mean. Every line. Yeah, I think I know. <laughs> Always. So then the door opens and it's supposed to be George. Get your damn hands off her. But it's not. It's Biff. So he yanks Marty out of the car, and he jumps in. The goons are holding Marty back, and Biff's like, oh, hey, I see a girl in a low-cut dress here. Someone about to get biffed. Someone's going to get biffed. They're going to get biffed. Uh, so the goons haul Marty off and throw him into this, the trunk. Well, uh, the trunk of the car. Do you know that? Uh, do you know Biff's, his goonies, his, uh, his crew? Do you know their names? Uh-uh. Uh, according to this, they are Match, Skinhead, and 3D. Which one was 3D? The one with the glasses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. Skinhead? I don't remember one of them being bald, Not nor racist, because I don't think no, they, yeah, they, they were, had there any were, there lines. There definitely no white power insignias on anything. Why Skinhead? I don't, I don't know, but Match, Skinhead, and 3D. And which one do you think was Billy Zane, Match or Skinhead? I'm going to say Skinhead. Going Skinhead for Billy Zane? I'm going to go Match. Going to go Match? Definitely Match. Let's check out IMDb, somebody. You better, your ass better call somebody. <laughs> By that I mean IMDb. Who did Billy Zane play? Match your skinhead. Ah, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I don't even see Billy Zane on here. He's not even listed. Oh, yeah, match. He was match. Ah. He was not skinhead. Now, you you look up who played skinhead. I'm going to keep going. Skinhead here. was J.J. Cohen. 
J.J. Cohen. And 3D was Casey... I'm going to say this wrong. Simasigo. Simasigo. Sure. Yeah, that's, that's... 3D. We'll go with 3D. Yeah. We're going to stick with 3D. <laughs> so Biff goes in. Biff tries to boff Lorraine. And the goons... <laughs> The goons throw Marty in into the trunk of this car, right? So the trunk of the car was the band's car that mm-hmm. had gone on break after playing that one saxophone song. Now, the band went out to smoke pot because they're black, and that's what you do in 1955. Apparently, if you're a black musician, all you do is smoke pot. We don't want to mess with any reefer heads. Yeah, they said, we don't want to mess with any reefer heads. Uh, but so why are they sitting inside the car smoking pot with the trunk open? But so the goons throw him in the trunk and close it. And then so the band gets out of the car and, and out, out tough the goons and they run off. And then they're like, where, where are your keys? We got to open the trunk. And Marty's like, the keys are inside here. So How the fuck that means there? that they opened the trunk, dropped the keys in, and then went and sat inside the car and smoked a bunch of pot. Why? Why? How does that work? As guys who smoked more pot than me, why would you open your trunk and then toss your keys in there and then go sit inside the car? Yeah, it don't make sense. Why would you do that? I think they were high before they got They were the high car. beforehand? Yeah. Well, maybe that's, okay, that's probably this was one way you can't get in trouble for DUI. But if you get pulled over or something... If, if the cop rolls up, hey, keys aren't anywhere near here. Yeah, they're in the trunk. There's no way I would be able to grab them and operate this vehicle. Sorry. Yeah, you can get me for smoking reefer, but you can't get me for dr- driving. For D- DUI or DWI or whatever. Dr- That's right. Dr- dr- All right, maybe, maybe. But either way, it doesn't fucking make sense. So George finally gets to the car, opens the door and says, get your damn hands off her. And then realizes it's Biff, not Marty. And Biff is not happy about being interrupted mid-biffing. Mid-biffing. Don't mess with the biffer while he's You don't biffing. mess with the biffer while he's biffing. And so Biff gets out, and George kind of tries to throw a punch. Like, he starts to move his arm, but Biff grabs it and twists his arm around, so he's, like, bent down close to the ground, and Lorraine's screaming for help. And she comes out, and Biff, like, shoves her to the ground. And that's when George is like, Oh, no, motherfucker. Uh-uh. And his other hand dramatically, slowly closes into a fist and he does a from way down low spin around roundhouse uppercut punch that spins Biff around slams him against the car and knocks him out cold one punch lays him out it's pretty amazing so then it cuts and we get the band band jimmies the truck open the trunk sorry the trunk open using like a big screwdriver but in the process it slips and it it hurts the guy's hand. Okay. Marvin. Uh, Marvin. Marvin mm-hmm. Barry himself hurts his hand. So then... Fuck, I shot Marvin. <laughs> oh, God, I shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even catch that. That's great. Oh, my God. You know what that Marvin didn't do? Call his cousin Chuck. No, he didn't. <laughs> Definitely did not. So, uh, he's helping. So then cousin George is helping Lorraine up and, and now she's, she's just, she's just gushing over George again. Just fucking splooshing so much. They swim back inside to finish the dance. Cause there's <laughs> just so much gush everywhere. You've seen the shining with the elevator yeah, exactly. blood scene. Exactly. <laughs> the what... shining elevator scene, but with sploosh instead. 
and they have to swim through that to get back into the dance. And that Marvin Barry can't play guitar anymore. The show can't go on. But you have to, otherwise they don't kiss and fall in love and I die. Well, that sounds pretty dramatic, kid. But unless you know somebody else who can play guitar. Oh, well, conveniently we set up at the very beginning of this movie that I do. Dun, 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 right, this dun, goes. Dun, so then, yeah, he's playing <laughs> Earth Angel. Earth Angel. Earth Angel. Will you be Earth Angel? Will you be mine? Earth Angel. Earth Angel. Will you be mine? My darling dear. Oh, but then that red-headed kid interrupts the dance, and George gets pushed to the side, and then Marty McFly starts disappearing from the picture. Oh! Oh! He can't play guitar anymore. Because now he's being erased from existence, too. Because now they're yet again not falling in love. Because her, I'm telling you, Lorraine's sploosh meter goes from zero to 100 and back to zero really fucking quick. There's no in-between. There is not. It's an on-off switch. <laughs> Completely. It's a different time back It's not back a then. dial <laughs> at all. Uh, so, yeah. George finally pushes him out of the way, gets rid of the dweeb. No, excuse me, you cannot have this dance. Well, he was cool at that point. Oh, that's like, right. I have, I have After he had punched now. out Biff, that news spread, and they were like, that was George? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh he's my cool God. now. And his balls dropped, and he, be- he became a man. Yep. Now you're that a man. Day. A man, man, man. man. <laughs> so they, he, gets, he gets Lorraine back, and they embrace, and they kiss, and then immediately Marty's back <laughs> and finishes Earth Angel, and the picture comes back to full. Uh, his siblings are back, and one of them has a Disneyland sweater and everything is wonderful again and whoop everything's great so then marvin barry says let's do something that really cooks uh all right guys uh we're gonna do a blues progression and b uh follow me for the changes and uh try to keep try to keep up keep the symbol splashy this is uh, actually Tenacious D's cover. Where everyone starts dancing and they're swing dancing and and he's doing this and you get, hey Chuck, it's your cousin Marvin. Marvin Barry? Well, you know that new sound you've been looking for? Well, listen to this. And he holds the phone on because, oh, we got to... Not only did he invent the skateboard, but he influenced Chuck Barry, guys. (laughs) Marty McFly. You said this is the same guy who wrote Forrest Gump or directed Forrest Gump? Yeah, Robert Zemeckis. Okay, so there you go. That's his thing. This must be his fucking jam, huh? You know... Someone inventing, one person inventing all the things we know. Well, uh, well I'd like to see that. And so, and so then I went to the White House again, <laughs> and I met the president again. <laughs> I have to pee. <laughs> I don't know, Marty McFly being Forrest Gump. I had too many Dr. Peppers. Um, so, 
God damn it. Anyway, the solo. The 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 solo where he's like jumping off of the speakers and it's fucking going crazy. Duck walking and crawling like he's on his back scooting across the stage and doing Didn't he play behind his head at play some by, point? Yeah, he plays behind his head, doing all this stuff and everything. Like the band stops, the crowd stops, everybody's just staring at him as he hits that super high note. I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. <laughs> Which we say when people don't clap for us when we're... That's right. We're <laughs> That's what we say at our, at our gigs. Um, so he hands Marvin his guitar back, who looks at the guitar like it's some fucking ancient art of, or some alien there or something. He's just like, he'd never seen this before. Just, what the fuck was that? <laughs> um... I mean, not to be a stickler, but you're not you're not going to be able to do any of that through a 55 guitar setup. There's no no gain, no no distortion, and, and Nick explains it's it's not going to happen. But Nick debunks music Nick debunks scenes, movie scenes. So anyway, they're like, "Oh, hey, thanks, Marty. We're totally in love now, and it's all because of you. And you totally saved the day that we didn't even know needed to be saved. Awesome. Thanks so much for that." And he's like, "Yeah, cool. I got to leave now. Hey, also." If you ever have kids and uh, and one of them sets fire to the carpet when he's eight, go easy on him, okay? And they're like, <laughs> okay. But honestly, if you're um, if you're high school kids, you just had your first kiss. You just like finally, I think we like each other. We just kiss and someone's like, hey, when you have kids, when you be like, whoa. Hey, dude who showed up a week ago that we don't honestly know. Fucking... No, dial, I mean, dial it back with the kid talk. That's dial how it. that's how it works. So is that then. was it's that how it went in the fifties? You kiss now. Well, now you got to fuck forever and have kids. That's a, a kiss is a contract. That's right. <laughs> that's how this goes. Uh, I just like stay the fuck out of it. I, I would think like George and Lorraine would be like, yeah, dude, we we kissed once. Let's fucking pump the brakes on this. You fucking perv. No, she's ready. She's DTF. So I mean, she's, she's yeah. D, DTF doesn't mean F is family. I know that's the show. F is for family. No, no, no. But she's not in down. This case. She's down to fiance. She's down to fiance. She's down to feel. Down to fiance. Down, but not down to procreate yet. No, she not maybe. ready. She she's not even out of high school. Why we're talking about kids? It's crazy Dude, talk. They were ready back then for that. Yeah, you start young. Yep. I mean, that's the fifties, dude. I have your grandmother in your 30s. They should have been working in the factory already for five years. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes racing back to Doc because now we got to get now we got to do the other plan. Yeah, got to get the other plan. I got I got to get back now. I, I I I got them in love. They're gonna fucking create me. I I will exist. So therefore, I can exist now. And we're gonna do this. And Doc's like, okay, I got it all set up. You go back there where I've painted this stuff totally on a public road somehow in a city without any problems. And uh, you got to park there. And when this alarm goes off, you fucking gun it. Not, I mean, I paraphrase a little bit. Uh, yeah, no, that's, a, yeah, <laughs> it's verbatim enough. So, but as he's talking, he like reaches his hand in his coat pocket, finds the note that Marty had left for him. What's and, this? Oh, Doc, I got to tell you about 19... Marty, Marty, no! No! You don't understand, Marty! Marty! And he tears it up. Uh, So then a tree, like... It's not the lightning strike. Was it another lightning strike or just wind that makes a tree tree branch fall and and, and unplugs the cord? 
great Scott. Uh, we should actually, if anybody, because of this episode, decides they need to re-watch Back to the Future, please drink every time he says Great Scott. <laughs> or uh, uh, when Marty says that's heavy. Or, yeah, when he says that's heavy. Because the document has like, something wrong with the Earth's gravitational yeah, field? Is, why is everything in the future so heavy? There's something wrong with the Earth's gravitational field? That's awesome. I love it. Um, so, good thing he has some rope. He gets out this rope. He's like... All right, I'm going to climb up there, and I'll pass the rope down to you, and you got to try this on and pass it back up to me. Boondock Saints would be proud of Doc Brown because he's always got his rope. You always got to have some rope. I'm right? somewhat of a scientist myself. <laughs> I'm somewhat of a scientist. Ooh, Willem Dafoe from Spider-Man tying it in. Well done. Yeah. That was a multi-tiered pull there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank proud you. of you. Very proud of you. So he ties the cord on the rope. Doc pulls it up. Clock strikes eight. Oh, shit. Oh, it's almost time. Or, yeah, it's eight, cause, so I don't know what time of this shit at the dance. I was saying, like, nine, ten, whatever earlier, but obviously it must have been wet anyway. And did you catch how um, Dr. Brown calls a dance a rhythmic ceremonial ritual? Oh, look. Oh, yeah, when they see the sign hanging up in the high school, yeah. Rhythmic ceremonial ritual. Yeah, which is just, okay, I know that you're an out-of-touch scientist, but you know what dance is. Let's... Let's fucking calm down, Doc Brown. Oh my god, all the ritualistic rhythmic gyrations and Wubba Lubba Dub Dub <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. Uh uh so yeah, he has to get back to the starting line and Doc's trying to plug the cord in and it's just going back and everything's going wrong. So he's he decides I don't have any time Oh wait! I'm in a time machine. I've got nothing but time. So he changes the arrival, the where you're going section of ten the minutes time circuits. Uh, two or ten minutes, ten yeah. minutes, right? Yeah, ten minutes early, so that he will have time to save Doc in 1985. And so he's getting ready to go, and the car dies. And why? Why does the car die, everybody? Because it's a Delorean. Because it's a Delorean, and Deloreans are pieces of shit. That's, That's right. right. Take if you get nothing else from this episode, know that. Uh, so yeah, cord won't reach. Doc slips like the 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 little ledge breaks a bit, and he's hanging there. He, he so he's fucking about to die, and the alarm goes off, and the car won't start, and everything is falling apart, and this whole plan. Uh, so he like slams his head on the dashboard, or is against the steering wheel, I guess. Anyway, yeah, he on, likes, the, on the steering in wheel. In frustration, and just like ah, and that starts the car somehow. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because the, he was supposed to gun it the second that the alarm he's went He's already off. behind. Yeah, there's no way. You fucked up already. You fucked. You're done. As we know, the acceleration of a DeLorean is 0 to 60 in 10.5 seconds. Yeah. Right? Sorry, oh, I buddy. thought Really? I thought he was driving a, a, at least from a mile away because of the amount of time. It took fucking <laughs> Well, that, that was, yeah, it's the thing I like to do in movies is you see them approaching and then it cuts to something else and then you see them approaching still and then it cuts to something else and then you see them approaching still and we're just going to draw that out as long as we need to. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail makes an entire fucking gag. I think they make multiple gags yeah. in the movie about Well, the main that. one, the guy coming to the, the castle. He's just always coming over the hill repeatedly. Yeah. Always, like five or six times, and then all of a sudden he's at the gate stabbing people immediately. It's fucking great. So he takes off, fucking tires spinning, just going, 
And Doc still can't get the cord to reach. And, it, and he looks down, it's caught in a tree branch. So he yanks it really hard and gets it to reach. But that means it unplugged down at the other junction down there by the power pole or whatever, by the street. So he gets it plugged in and he zip lines down. And he gets like gets the other one plugged back in down at the street right as the lightning strikes. So it goes through him. Yes, n- nearly kills him. And and then right as the DeLorean somehow, even though it was timed perfectly and he's 10 seconds late, still hits right at the exact moment. I, well, that was, I, that was uh, the DeLorean. Sorry. That was the DeLorean. Oh, that was no, the it, sound it makes. It, it makes a very gelatinous sound <laughs> when it travels time. Bloop. Not a, not a bunch of sparks. It's no, it's a... Well, you're, it's warping, so that yeah, just kind of makes right. sense. That's right. Um, so, yeah, but it does work, and it gets... The car takes, you know, flash, bang, booms, two uh, streaks of fire left in the road there, like we do. Like which, they do. Which he's going to... I mean, he's got a lot of explaining to do here. You, you, you've painted on a city street. Now there's fire involved. And, like... Doc, 1955 Doc Brown is in some fucking trouble for this whole... He saw some time. He saw some time for that. He served some time. I'm sure he did. Uh, Maybe he meets Uncle Joey. We don't know. (laughs) So, anyway, it's a really cool transition shot. I like how they do this. After the DeLorean takes off and he's dancing in the street, like, oh my God, it worked. I can't believe it worked. And he looks up and you just see the clock tower, right? And then... A helicopter flies over, so you don't like see any shift. You don't see anything. It's just a cool way of the signifying we went from fifty-five back to eighty-five. Uh, I thought that was a really, really nice little uh, movie magic thing. It was cool. Mm-hmm. Well done, Zemeckis or whoever the camera operator. Praise the cameraman. Yeah. Um. So anyway, he. <clears throat> Skids to a halt and, or he runs into the theater. Right, he crashes the car into like the the ticket booth of the theater. Yeah, which now again says orgy American style, and like slowly backs out of it, and some homeless guy gets up off the bench like a drunk drivers, <laughs> whatever. Uh, so then he's like, oh my god, I gotta get to the mall, and he tries to go, but wouldn't you know it. DeLorean. The it doesn't start again. <laughs> Why? Because fuck DeLoreans. Uh, so anyway, he fucking takes off on foot, and he gets there just in time. Oh, oh no! Before he leaves, sorry, he's he's going. DeLorean won't start, so he's gonna have to go off on foot. But the Libyans in the VW bus drive by. Yes. The broken down DeLorean. He sees the van drive by. So now he's really got it. Really got it. And he gets there, and now it's Lone Pine Mall. Get it? Mm-hmm. Oh, he changed the future. Get it? Oh, I didn't even notice Because he ran that. over one of the pine trees. Yeah. So now it's not twin pines, it's lone pine. Interesting. Because he ran one over in 1955. I guess I missed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I ran over one of Mr. Peabody's pine trees. Which then, who gives a fuck? You've got a fucking tree. Why are we going to name a mall after your tree? Everybody's got trees. But anyway, now it's lone pine. So he gets there, and he sees the whole thing go down. Sees Doc get shot. He sees himself scream, you bastards! And uh, race away in the DeLorean. He gets to follow the whole chase, which I think they must have filmed, like, they must have had this faraway camera set At the up same time. And filmed it all at the same time, because it's, it's, it's well done. It's legit. It's the same racing around the little parking islands and stuff. And uh, so then 
the sparks and the flashing and then him time traveling and the Libyans crash into this like kiosk that's in the parking lot. It was like a, a photo. No, it was a photo. Like a photo booth. Yeah. Like you'd go drop off your film. <laughs> that didn't so remember when those I, were a thing? Yeah. <laughs> what film? Yeah. <laughs> or cameras even? Yeah. All of it. <laughs> so they wreck and he runs down to Doc who is alive. Yep. What? 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 What is happening? And he's like, oh, and he holds out this note that he had taped back together. Yeah. And so he it's knew. It's a bulletproof vest he was wearing. But here's the thing, real quick. <laughs> yes, the Libyans wrecked, but they wrecked a bus into a plasterboard kiosk. Yeah, they're still there. They're not dead. They're not gone. They didn't if die. If anything, they're even more fucking pissed <laughs> off right now. And they're literally right there. Like, he drove back by Doc Brown's thing before he time-traveled. Like, you, it, they're they're right fucking there. And nah, nah, we just forget all about them. Yeah. I like that scene sure when... they're uh, unconscious from all the film canisters. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, when Doc, you know, gets shot, he's fine, wearing the bulletproof vest. It made me think of that scene from Dumb and Dumber. Where they set oh, yeah. up, uh, was it, what's his name? Was it Lloyd? No, Harry. Harry, was it Harry? Harry, and you're alive! Yeah, it's like, yeah, they gave, they gave me a bulletproof shot. vest. Yeah. It's like, what if they shot you in the head? <laughs> yeah, what if they shot me in the head? <laughs> That's a risk, risk we were risk. willing to take. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, he, he knows about the thing, and uh, so now Doc's like, yeah, hey, I'm going to go into the, or he's dropping Marty off at the house, right? And he says, I'm going to go into the future. Uh, 30 years, that's a, that's a nice round number. Because that's what we've been dealing with this whole time. Right, Marty? Oh, let's just keep it going. And drives away and you get the flash and he's, he's gone. So Marty goes into and goes in the house. We get the next morning where he wakes up. Again, Huey Lewis in the news. Again, that super awkward, painful as fuck looking sleeping position. Yeah, still um, sleeps like that. Also, he has a sports poster. Not like the act of sports, the album. but the, the album mm-hmm. sports. I think Do that's the same album that um, Patrick Homeboy Bateman loves so goes much. into. Yeah, that's exactly right. So these movies tie together. Um, but he goes out and everything's different. The house is nice. They have like good furniture. Uh, his brother and sister are sitting there and they're dressed well. Like his brother's in a suit, his sister's in, like not in a sweater and sweatpants or whatever, you know, and uh, having an actual breakfast and they're like conversing instead of arguing and being snarky and, and uh, yeah. So he's like, but what are you wearing? And he was, I always wear a suit to the office. But when Marty woke up, we saw the clock. It was 1027. 1027. What fucking office is his brother just now having breakfast and getting ready? So what, he works at 11 maybe? What office that you wear a suit to every day starts work at 11? That would be nice. I I want that job. Sure, but what the fuck is that? Pretty big loophole. I'm Mm? just saying. I'm just saying. So the parents come in. They're like, dad's got the old sweater tied around the neck. With the polo shirt and the khakis, and his mom's like not all haggard and booze soaked. And he again says, Mom, you look so thin. Oh, thank you, Marty. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> oh, thank you, Marty. Isn't tonight the night of your big date with Jennifer? And he's like, Oh, wait, 
I'm not, you don't know. I told you I was going out with the guys because you can't know that I'm going on a date with my girlfriend. Oh my God. But I can't go on the date because the car's totaled and everybody's like, what the car? When did that happen? Oh my God. And they open the door and, and old bitch ass Biff fucking comb over loser ass looking Biff is waxing the car. And he's like, no, no, uh, Biff, uh, make sure I get two coats of wax this time. Not just one. Oh, I'm just finishing up the second now. Biff. Now Biff. Okay, you caught me. I'm just starting the second code. <laughs> and now Biff is a complete... Because he got punched once. Once. Now, what kind of bully? Has no, like That's the only time he's ever been punched? I think you get punched a lot, and that's how you become the super tough bully. Is because of fighting, right? Not always. But you don't get beat up once, and then you become this like You get punched like, once, beta. and just a complete schlub. You can still get up there and fight. I... I I've been punched before. I've never won a... I've never been in a full-on fight. I've just been punched, so it wasn't even really a fight. I got... Yeah, and I I mean, I guess I'm not the coolest guy ever, but I'm not fucking waxing somebody else's car and sucking up to them for a living. You know? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. But, Maybe that punch really humbled him. But we really need this payoff. We need the payoff for the movie, because now... They've changed rules. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to see the, the asshole get his comeuppance. Right. Um, so now... Oh, and it's a Beamer. Yep. Even. That's that nice. is. It was fucking Beamer. Um, so they're back inside, and Biff comes in with a package. like, hey, hey, Mr. McFly, this package just came for you. Think it's your book. It's came in. So now not only all of this has happened, but Marty's interaction with him back in high school convinced him that other people should see his stories, and he's published his first novel. It's really wonderful. I, I was proud. It's really wonderful. Oh, also, also, Marty, here are your keys. I got it all ready for you. My keys? What? He goes out to the garage, and it's the 4 by 4 truck that he's always wanted. He has it now. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? That making your parents fuck could give you such a perfect life, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. All you got to do is try to fake rape your mom. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just loving that. And then Jennifer just happens to casually walk up the driveway and you look like you haven't seen me in a week. Well, I haven't. They're You're off. a sight for sore eyes. Yeah, that whole Pulls that, that whole thing. And then Doc comes crashing back in. <laughs> Marley, Marley, you gotta you gotta come back to the of the future. It's like what what happens with us in the future? What what's going on? No, it's not you. It's your kids, Marley. Again, we already know something we do now changes thirty years in the future. So why do we have to go into the future as opposed to doing something about it now? To not let that future happen. Time travel movies and loopholes, right? Anyway, so he's using trash because he's used future technology now to upgrade the DeLorean and it doesn't need plutonium anymore. He can use the Trash Master or Mr. Trash or whatever it was on it. Something. Yeah. Mr. Fusion. Yeah, so <laughs> he like throws a banana peel, the, the spittle at the bottom of a Miller High Life can... And uh, throws that in there. It's like, Doc, we we need to back up. We don't we don't have enough road to to get up to eighty eight miles an hour. And then, I mean, the line, the fucking line. Do you you have the clip, or do we do we need just we don't, I don't have, have the clip. clip? All right, so he just roads where we're going. We don't need 
roads. And he puts on his shitty-looking futuristic sunglasses, <laughs> and they fly up into the air. And then what is awesome is they turn around and come straight into the camera, and it flashes and then goes to credit. I mean, it's a good way to end it. Fucking beautiful. I love Zemeckis movies, and Spielberg had a hand in this, and Spielberg obviously knows how to make it. And then, yeah, that fucking theme. Fucking awesome. <laughs> Sound like a chicken giving birth there, laying <laughs> So that's the end of part one. My man. That is right. Okay. So let's go around the horn here. Everybody, what do you what do you think about uh Back to the Future? I love Back to the Future. I've watched this many, many times and I will I bought the I bought the trilogy online. Online. So now I have an online copy that I can oh, watch back. whenever I watch, whenever I want whenever to watch it. Rewatch. So and uh, I like it. So we'll see. We'll see this another two more movies, right? Two more. I think it's just good. It's nostalgic. It's going to hold that nostalgia thing for me. As for sure. Uh, I think we've had a couple movies. Do, already. do you think if you hadn't, like, if you were seeing this for the first time, I guess if you didn't grow up with this movie, would you? Feel the same? Would you still like? I it? don't remember when I saw this. Actually, if I was older or younger when I saw this movie, but either way, I think it's just a cool. <laughs> sorry, I I like, I just like the whole idea. And by the way, I wanted to mention one thing that I think is uh, a come on, man, is when you do time travel like that, your whole lifetime or your lifeline or uh, timeline changes. Mm-hmm. And he should have known, like. All those memories of everything he's done lived up to where he is now. That should automatically just like be in his brain, because like that stuff he lived it already, right? Like why mm-hmm. would like the timeline that he doesn't come from, like it, it, that's what I think is this whole time travel thing. It's weird. Like even Rick and Morty try to not deal with time travel, but yeah. yeah so you're saying he would have. What would be the he events at the that, beginning of the movie 1985 memory still because he has gone through it all. Yes. He's not outside or he is outside of the changes that he caused. Yes, and he uh, he's outside of the changes he caused. That's I guess that's a better way of thinking about it cuz yeah, uh, he everything would disappear if it wasn't there, but why would it why wouldn't he remember yeah, but all that? I, I think that I mean he it seems to me that he does. Yeah. That he still knows all that. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't I'll think give this that a he, rewatch. Yeah, I don't think he doesn't remember that. Um, no, but like, uh, like him having the the, the new. Well, truck. yeah, like the truck. He wouldn't be. Like, I see what you're saying. Like when Biff came up, he would have just already like, known. Oh, that. so the new 1985. Mm-hmm. You think he would have all the memories of the new 1985? Yeah, yeah. they yeah. just kind of appear. Yeah, that would be the thing. Would he or would he not? Because he had he didn't live it. He just came from 1955. A few hours ago. Yeah. So. so where did that? So where did that? So where's pass, that Marty? Where's that Marty? Does when did he go to the future or to the past or whatever? Yeah. Or does he did not do that at all? And he meets him somewhere. See, that's that's where number two mm. should come in. Yeah, and there should be another Marty going around. Uh, Marty go around. Playing ACL later. Yeah, playing ACL. Marty go around. Uh, or maybe that's why I've heard some people say that. It, they think, and if time travel ever exists, you can only ever go backwards. You can't. No, you sh- can only go forward. You can never go backwards if time travel exists. You think? I think yeah. only backwards because if 
that's that's happened. No, because you they can fr- they can freeze you, and you could wake up like you know a hundred years pull from an now. Alien and but you can't go back. Up you can go Sigourney with Yeah, you can go pull a uh, Sigourney there. Well, technically, we're all time travelers. Yeah, we're traveling time right now. That's right. Technically, we're all traveling through. Oh, where's it at? Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! I should have had it. Uh, had it ready. Uh. Wow. Well, well, anyways, what do you think it. about it? Uh, man, this is a great movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know how relevant it would be to somebody who's like in their teens or like 20s who'd never seen it today. That yeah. would be interesting to hear what, what they would think. I, I think a lot of the jokes are still the um, slapstick. Would you, would it kind of be that? Maybe not quite, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think 80, just 80s comedy has its own type of <laughs> yeah. your own style of joke there. Yeah. Something. This movie holds up. Uh, it's a great movie. Got a lot of big names behind it. The music's great. Yeah, this is definitely rewatchable. Hell yeah, hell yeah. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Again, I I love it. I grew up with this whole trilogy. Obviously, definitely we watch this one more often than the other two. But Most certainly, I watched it. I mean, so much that fucking theme song, everything about it. Like, I don't know. It's just such a huge part of my my childhood. It's almost. I can't imagine like not having Back to the Future. Um, I did read an interesting thing that the USC, the University of Southern California, their film school program used this screenplay as the model for the perfect screenplay. When they want to talk about it, and I can see it because now I mean it deals with time travel and all that, but it's a very tight story. It's not that long of a movie. But every single line, every little thing is either a clue or a setup for a joke. Like, every fucking thing plays into the movie somehow. Nothing is wasted, but yet it doesn't seem set up. It doesn't seem arbitrary. It's it's unnoticeably complex, I guess. And I think that's pretty impressive. But... uh it's just it's just fucking excellent work all around. Absolutely wonderful 100% movie. rewatchable. So there we go. This perfect gets a three. Perfect score. One of the few that have made it on our on our show here. So that does it this week. Uh, find us on Twitter at rewatch underscore the or email us at the the rewatch party at gmail.com. Give us a shout. Tell us what you think. Let us know. Um, join us next week as we continue uh, with Back to the Future. We explore the horrible dystopian future with Back to the Future Part 2. Until then, I am Nick with Los and Brandon, and thanks for rewatching. So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Do you remember the future? Where? Back to the future. Are we back? We're back. What do you mean we're in the future? October 21st, 2015. Marty, we're going to be able to see our wedding. Wow. The future. I got to check this out, Doc. Look what happens oh. to your son. He's a complete wimp. Don't talk to anyone. You've been looking. Hey, look! Don't 
Don't touch anything. I need to borrow your hoverboard. And try not to look at anything. I didn't invent the time machine to win at gambling. I can't lose. I invented the time machine to travel through time. Hey, Doc, I'm all for that. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? Now. The time continuum has been disrupted, creating an alternate 1985. There have been a few changes. It's like we're in hell or something. No, it's Hill Valley, although I can't imagine hell being much worse. But they'll all be back. Eat less, slackers! Biff? Hello? Hey. Hello, anybody home? Why well, they can't be you? You're so big. Michael J. Fox. Christopher Lloyd. Michael J. Fox. More like a couple of teenagers, you know? And Michael J. Fox. Mom, is that you? Steven Spielberg presents a Robert Zemeckis film, Back to the Future, Part 2. Coming November 22nd to theaters everywhere.